Talk Brunch. Served hot. They're an arrogant, ingrown, close-knit brotherhood like the Mafia. They're the product of a sick society. To hell with tomorrow. Their bag is today. Their bag is right now. Say we in the street and we gripping on heat. You got beef and we frying Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dyer, aka Captain Brunch. Hey, with Destin Frazier. It's my birthday, V! <laughs> Indeed it is, and a happy birthday to you. Long way you have come, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us tonight. Time a little bit tardy to the party. We have some stuff to take care of here. Make sure all the systems are running properly and all engines are a go. And uh, I will never understand people that don't clean their smartphones. You ever notice that shit? Yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen the hieroglyphics on people's screens before. It's gross. I does that. It's just kind of like I usually have like a spray bottle of alcohol and I'll just like wipe the front of the screen and the back of it periodically. You know, it's like your hands are touching stuff, then you're touching your phone, you touch your face. Some people take that shit to the bathroom with them when they come back and they put it on their face. And like before you know it, you got COVID. You ever seen somebody's phone so grimy you could almost map out their password on the phone? Yeah. Or to the point where, like, you can't even press the buttons. <laughs> it's like a layer above the button. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, just wipe oh. that shit down. Right. They have cloths. Yeah, unbelievable. Thank you to everybody joining us tonight. Across all channels, TalkBunch.com, even the Facebook video section, as well as Twitch, Periscope, Periscope. Um, oh. iHeartRadio, of course, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, you know all the usual places. Just check TalkBrunch.com. Actually cleaned up the code on the website over the weekend. Probably doesn't look any different to the untrained eye, but uh, should be a little bit more uh, navigation friendly for you guys. Yeah, uh, it's always good. Yeah. Have some stuff to talk about tonight. Probably not until somewhere in the middle of the show. I don't like to open with the good stuff. You know, Got to make you wait like Raw does. Except it won't be for a decade. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Yeah, right. You're still counting? <laughs> I hit infinity. I stopped. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a one a, a fun time. All you, he says, uh, King Quest says, amazing roast from last week. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That was well done, right? Yeah. Yeah. So listen, a lot of stuff happened this past week. We released a lot of extra content. Uh, lots more content than usual. Other places that talk trash released a little bit less content than usual. Um, but like I said, we're going to get into all of that later. Hopefully everybody, uh, stays in their lane going forward because that's what I intend to do. Uh, but yeah, thank you to everybody also. Thank you for the whole Spartan Jesus. I hadn't seen you in a bit. So yeah, it's been a minute, dude. Good to see you. Yeah, definitely good to see you. But yeah, I don't really enjoy the, uh, the roasts as much anymore i just kind of want to do our own thing you know it's kind of like it's just getting old for me i don't like to like we're, we're, to the when we're just minding our own business doing our thing yeah that was, like, that was like a counter attack but it's just like i'm too old for that crap you know i could go yeah. into that zone every now and then because there's more you know it's it's whatever it's all part of the the entertainment like or at least we try to make it but it's just like come on it's not entertaining if it's going to be milked exactly uh, but i'm glad you guys enjoyed it for what it was 
you know, try to make the best out of stuff. Like, you know, like, like Paul Heyman says, try to make chicken soup out of chicken shit. Or somebody in the, in the business says that. Might it was be. chicken salad. Yeah, chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, chicken soup for when you're sick, though, and we are in a pandemic, so I want to change it yeah. to soup. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So let's start off with some fun stuff. What do I have some fun stuff at the top of the program here. Mi- Miro is back, aka formerly Rusev, and he has a new commercial here. Oh, God. Um, Another one? Yeah, I haven't seen it. I purposely don't look at any of it before we get on. I had to put the program together and then pray and we don't look stupid. But yeah, he we got another one here with him. Christ. Yeah, hold on. Let me find it real quick. There we go. Have you ever had a problem with your pecs not feeling perky? I've got the solution for you. Euro's chest screen. Take your Gordo Star upon you not to do us in a swanty track you grab and not one minute. What just happened there? Yo what? That man. I said he should have been someone with his own reality show. Oh, dude, I'd never stop watching her. Are you kidding me? I'd be watching her right now. It'd be on the background right now. <laughs> you did. Oh, dude. Yeah, he's a fucking extra. Pow. When I heard the first pow, I was like, oh, not again. Yeah, there it is again. Bow, bow, bow. Yo, if we come back here next time and you tell me he has more commercials, I'm, I don't know if he should play it. I feel like it's going to be a thing. I already get that the impression that this is it now you know he's the bow 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 guy that's gonna be his thing that's how he's gonna end every stream bow see how good he is imagine if he would have been doing that kind of stuff on his own and just wrestling too like if they just learned how to gimmick like that in WWE he'd just be randomly marketing stuff it'd be fantastic are you kidding me he'd be like Simon Dean all over again and then he can uh, like his, his foreign object can be the shit he's marketing like in every match yeah you know, like, oh, he hit him with the cream with the, he hit him with the lotion you know, he sprayed the lotion in their eyes, like, and they're all like, ah. Oh my god! You know, that's that's the kind of entertainment that I that we need during during these trying times, right? You know, but no, of course not. But no, like I said, that that to me would just be something that would be really cool to have just different stuff with Rusev. I've you know I've always rooted for the guy, especially after we started seeing him in Up Up Down Down and how cool he is. Oh yeah, he's always been great. Yeah. He's never been terrible. He's just been fun like <laughs> mm-hmm. let me i'm actually share that um, <laughs> share that on social media for you guys All right now so now it's up there for anybody also in our chat room here the room of chats drop it in there stasis if he does oxyclean i swear to you oh just for the record anybody out there i do not want chest cream as a belated birthday grip don't you do it All right, i will fight you <laughs> So apparently Rusev was banned from Twitch. Yeah, I think it was like what a day he was on gone. Yeah, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't a long one for sure. Um, did you hear what happened? Uh, no, I have not. Uh, apparently, I guess during one of his streams, uh, Lana walked by in a bikini. Yeah, that's strict on there, huh? Yeah, say on joking. <laughs> but he he wasn't gone long though, because he like I said, like I said to go last week. I followed him on which i think i saw him back maybe like the next day or so so definitely it was a short band but yeah that's a 
little, a little sketchy going into your fresh new career. So, yeah, definitely. But uh, Twitch is a little strict about that, you know, not to disrespect yeah. any of our platforms or uh, people have, who have even offered us affiliate status. But, geez, you know, bikini? Yeah. It's that serious, huh? I guess it young draws on attention. Yeah, I guess that's probably what it is. I, I could see it being something like that. It's so strange to me, and I know it's a topic that's come up before, but it really drives me crazy how society is completely okay with uh, violence and things that encourage negativity, but mums the word on human bodies and sexuality and nudity that are literally harmless. You know, like it drives me out of my mind when I see that kind of stuff. Like, it's crazy to me that, like, when there's way worse stuff in the world than a girl in a bikini, right? Like, there's oh, way worse stuff way in the worse. world. You know, when you really look at the stuff that's happened and the things that people have gone through and the way people have gotten hurt. And I'm not talking the words and shit. We're not bitches here. But I'm saying physically, when people get hurt or killed and or get sick, there's so many shitty things that it's just strange that in our culture, um, like, just sexual stuff and sexuality isn't more embraced. And I always thought that it would be like I figured in the future uh, people wouldn't look at that kind of stuff the way they still do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I get, and I get the other side of it, too. In contrast to that, there's a lot of people who have made their living off of their cleavage. And it is frustrating as, as content creators when you see uh, uh, someone with nothing to offer but their body and they're doing like a stream and uh, the content's not good, the conversation's not good, the discourse isn't good, the gameplay isn't good, and it's literally, but they're doing better financially and community-wise, specifically because of their skin. So I get that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, it's up to people to uh, govern that. If you're, you know, guys, if you are in somebody's stream because of how they look, leave there. I know that Pokemon girl, she she revealed that she had a boyfriend or something over the past week and then there were a bunch of heartbroken people. Like you if you're that thirsty, man, that's porn sites and stuff. It just it's sad to me when I see people that are thirsty to the point of that. You know, even people even some of the people who have thrown shade at us over here that are that are um podcasters and stuff. If you can see the thirst and like who they follow and they follow like a lot of um scantily clad girls specifically just because of that or they try to get people on guests or stuff that are and all of the guests have something in common with being scantily clad or whatever i'm not going to throw anybody under the bus i'm just saying because you know what it's not one specific person whenever i say something like that automatically by the end of the show that that i kid you not guys and you could monitor my twitter whoever has that fucking element in common with each other will all unfollow me they all think i was talking about them like when i brought up that that somebody was a well, somebody's small production like i think it was like a month ago there were so many people with small things that unfollowed which was a testament to how many that were listening it was like i wasn't talking about any of them which was the saddest part that's the reason why i'm throwing that out there right now you know because automatically i bet you think this part is about you <laughs> you know it happens too freaking often but yeah i get the side of it with the with the fleshiness where um you know taking advantage of the thirst of men and sometimes even women but to me, not, even that, as much as I don't agree with it, is less frowned upon, in my opinion, than like somebody doing something violent or negative or shooting. Crime is up in New York. There's a lot more. A lot of the cops are freaking, their hands have been tied. They're scared to do anything because they don't want to be freaking villainized. And then you got people who are actually villains out there taking advantage of that shit in a world where everyone has to wear masks. So wonderful. We're almost a Wild West again. That to me is worse than worrying about whether Lana has tits out or in or whatever you know but i see it a lot but poor rusev he suffered he paid the price 
He paid yeah. The, the one day ban. And uh, they were next to a pool, too. That's another thing. There should be some other guidelines with this where it's like if somebody's sitting in their living room in a bathing suit, wet, covered in water, that's weird. Ban their ass. They're definitely doing that because it's a thirst trap. But when you have like they're by their pool and she's always wearing a bikini, like it's her thing. And, uh, you know, but apparently he, he was quoted as saying that he was banned because he was too sexy for Twitch. That he said he learned his lesson and he'll be back on tomorrow. I learned my lesson. See y'all tomorrow. So good for him. <laughs> yes, unbelievable, man. But the guy said that he's making a lot of money on Twitch. Apparently he's eight hundred and he's eight thousand one hundred and seventeenth and he's the top point eleven percent in the Twitch community. So top two Twitch streamers make uh at least according to Ringside, because I didn't do these calculations myself, they make 250 on ad revenue for every 100 subs, and he has 5,000 subs. And if they make 4.99 from every subscriber, which Twitch takes half of, they can make uh, thousands of dollars in a day, which is really true, because that's how it sort of works. You know, you get that they, they kind of split it with them as far as subs and things like that. You don't split your donations, though, and that's what people uh, don't realize, that uh, the affiliate status just basically gives you that sub button. But the problem is, and I've explained this before, that once you take that affiliate status, you wouldn't be able to do what we're doing, which is uh, simulcasting to other platforms. We'd have to wait 24 hours, uh, and then we can cast to other platforms. We couldn't, we couldn't be on here and on all the other things that we're simulcasting to, and we couldn't even put the show up when we're done right away. We'd have to come back tomorrow and do it. And I don't really see a problem with that. Uh, but like I told you guys before, the thing that happened with us in Mixer, which Mixer was our largest community and it's where we're all used to gathering. Uh, after that happened, I just felt like it's a little bit too bumpy of a ride to funnel my community into anywhere. And a lot of people did it. A lot of people like us were offered Twitch affiliate status and they immediately, uh, signed up. All you need to do is give them your name, they give them your tax information. Boom. They start paying you. Uh, my issue with that is I prefer since I wouldn't be able to then stream anywhere else, I prefer to just simulcast without affiliate status, which Facebook has also offered us their partnership and, uh, and just let the community dictate where we wind up. Like, where do the people that listen to us at this late ass hour like to be? What chat room do they want to hang out in? You know, what does it display best on with them? So right now, yeah, we're on Facebook and on, uh, Periscope, which I wouldn't even recommend that one just cause it's not really, uh, as engaging as somewhere like Twitch, but it's really up to the community and if it suits us, because at the end of the day, I don't want to sell out the pe- the people that we hang out with for a potential of people having a sub button down there and I can get 250 out of the five bucks between me and Twitch. Like if it was to happen, great. But again, I digress. When it comes to the case of Rusev, he's getting donations, which we also have a donation board. Um, I kind of feel like if I have live people that felt like donating, that would make more sense to me to hit a donate button on the website or something than to uh, worry about having them sub on Twitch. And it's no disrespect to Twitch because they were, they've been very welcoming and everyone who basically the refugees of Mixer who have all had to migrate to either Facebook gaming or here, uh, they've been very nice. But I think after the ride we got taken on with Mixer, I, I feel like I could take my time choosing another platform you know what i mean like i don't really want to end up in the same death trap as before and twitch we were less people forget that years ago this this show goes back to 2014 you know like that's a long time but they forget that years ago it's not like we didn't already have this twitch channel some of you met us on here who we're now reconnecting with and we've made a lot of new friends and as well as reconnected with old ones 
you know but it's just that mix is really where we grew as a community like once we uh we left that other shitty place and then we had our own little chat room for a while that was just a straight up audio we we left there and wound up here which i want to remind you guys listening on itunes and everything we're not just an audio show anymore we got a screen up we have the brunch tron where we put up the videos of whatever we're talking about images or whatever people ask for or trailers and stuff so i know a lot of people are more accustomed just by the numbers being in the thousands i know a lot of people are more accustomed to this being uh podcast and i've had people tell me that it's because they're listening at work or uh they go to sleep listening or you know they're not really even interested but just for those of you that don't know you can go on to any of these platforms right now until we partner with one of them and uh you can see the visuals when we do use them because we don't abuse them but if you go to twitch or facebook uh dot com slash gaming slash talk brunch uh we have that there and you're right george twitch isn't going anywhere it's a lot harder though and, and that's i guess the one thing and i explained that just before thank you for the host uncle louis tv and i explained that just before with you guys that i compared it to AEW and wwe where in twitch we it was a much smaller community so it was easier for indie guys to get over you know what i mean like the Indian guy, the, 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 the indie guys, not Indian as in the culture. Of course, and they're like, what the fuck? But the indie guys are on here, meaning people who are like, you know, more casual streamers like us. It was easier for us to build a community where it's like Twitch is gigantic and Facebook gaming is even gigantic. And that's part of the problem. All of these platforms grew during the pandemic, 42%, 25%, 33%, YouTube, Facebook gaming, Twitch, and then Mixer grew 0.2%. You know, that's sad. Like nobody was engaging them. Microsoft did a shit job with it. And then they kind of just hung the platform out to dry, which brings us to where we are now. Limocasting to you guys. And as you know, we did it before because we knew the writing was on the wall. But uh that's the whole thing. My point being, when it comes to people like Rusev, who he's in like the 11% top of Twitch, and that's in the 8,000, probably worth it for him. Like he can't go and take his videos and upload them to YouTube at least until 24 hours later. What he can do, and he can't even, here's another thing. You can't even broadcast somewhere else to, until 24 hours later. So for example, Destin and I, if I went with this affiliate chip, where we couldn't like tomorrow afternoon, then go on something that's not Twitch and do anything. Like we have to have a 24 hour cooldown of ourselves being on the air if we're going to another thing. You know what I mean? Like another, even if another person, like I, it might even be like if I was to go on a YouTube thing, on someone else's thing, I might have that 24 hour cooldown from the last time I was on who I'm partnered with. These are the things I'm thinking about. This is why there's no partnership or any of that shit or affiliateship or whatever you want to call it right now. Uh, because I don't want to tie our hands that way. Were you going to say something? I thought you were going to say something. Oh, no, no, I wasn't very much. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot more difficult, I guess, to build over here, but. At the same time, it's better knowing that unless you're like George said, this isn't going anywhere. Mixer, it was the days were numbered. So it's like, do what you can while it's still here. But yeah, it's, I mean, he's like, I've watched a couple of his streams. Yeah, he is loving, Bruce is loving it over here. Yeah, like I said, they, they've embraced a lot of people. AJ Styles is another guy. We, we used to see AJ a lot on Mixer. I used to look at a lot of his streams. And uh, he, um, AJ was someone who was very adamant. If you've ever sat in an AJ Styles mixer stream, he was very adamant about how this is where he wanted his friends and his community and how much more he likes the kind of conversations that you can have in a mixer chat room and uh, the community. And part of it is because they had the FTL servers, which we kind of miss here. And for those that don't know, the FTL servers essentially meant when you type in the chat room, we see it immediately. When you hear us responding, we were responding in real time. 
like at that instant that you heard our voice or saw the video, it wasn't like it's coming to you later. It was more live than television. Like it was, it was so FTL that we would remotely sometimes let people control the games that we streamed from their houses over the stream. That's the kind of sync that Microsoft has. And the reality is I think this, the mixer was a big test for what they're doing in the future with cloud gaming, with the Project X cloud and everything. I really just think that we were guinea pig. Part of me feels it's a tinfoil theory that we were guinea pigged into testing stuff to make sure that they can make that same thing come to life with Project X cloud. Because at the end of the day, I thought it was amazing. Not many people used it or were even aware of the function, but many a Sunday on here. We would just pass the controller around and play an RPG together or, or do stuff as if we were in each other's living room. To have that level of sync on a stream was unheard of. And and Twitch is very close. I think there's only a few seconds. But, it, yeah. I mean, this was Most synced. I've ever seen is like five. This was synced. Like, I could play my game off of my stream. That, to me, was amazing. And uh, so the intimacy that they had. And, like, AJ talked about just how he liked it much better than Twitch. And, uh, you know, that being said, Twitch was really cool about it when everybody wound up having to jump across and... uh you know, stuff their platform essentially come running to somewhere else, which is what we more or less did. Yeah. You Twitch know. opened the door and was really like, if you want to come over, we got room. Like, yeah. So Twitch makes a lot of money also when they have people like there, you know, like when they have like Rusev's and AJ Styles. So it benefited them. This whole thing collapsing benefited them as well because there were other, there's a lot of Twitch streamers that are on, uh, there are a lot of mix of streamers, but there's a lot of Twitch streamers that were already here. There were wrestlers that have now jumped platforms. You would be amazed at the amount of people. Yeah, I know uh, Mia Yim and Jasmine Duke are cases of it. Yes, I've seen both of them. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Blue Pants is also one. Oh, Leva, Leva Bates. Bates. Leva Bates, yeah. She's also one. I'm trying to think. There was yeah. actually a whole list of them. I don't know if I have it anymore. I know I've seen, uh, yeah, King Quest is right, Ember Moon streams as well. Uh, I've seen, I don't know if she's been doing it lately, but I know Shayna has streamed before. Yes, Shayna Bays has streamed. Rhonda streams. Uh, she must follow. Rhonda's on Facebook Gaming, I believe. But she's also on YouTube. So she, I yeah. think, might be one of those people that does the cooldown where Rhonda, so she doesn't break any of her uh, affiliateship or partnerships. She probably has to, because I've noticed, I see, I believe I've seen her Dragon Ball stream show up 24 hours later when she's allowed to put them. Alright, so the, st- the streamers on Twitch, and actually be helping Twitch a little here with this advertisement. You got Zelina Vega, Drew Gulak, Xavier Woods, Adam Cole, and Britt Baker, which I've seen their streams. Um, yeah. Cesaro, Tyler Breeze, and, uh, with King, King Corbin, and Sean Spears. Um, Paige has her own stream. I've seen her too playing Mario Kart on that. I've visited there a few times. Rusev, who we're now talking about, Drake Maverick, Dio Madden, Killian Dane, Dominic Dijogovic, and, and Mansoor. I guess they all have their own stream together. Um, Ember Moon, Mia Yim, Dakota Kai, Aiden English, Jessica Havoc, Leva Bates, Joe Hendry, Kip Sabin, Evil Uno, Rosemary, Penelope Ford, Killer Kelly, Ethan Page, Sammy Callahan, AJ Kirch, Mike Rome, and Marty DeMoth. These are all the people that uh, you watch Paige every day. Rosemary stream. I was thinking that too as I read that list. Like, I want to see a Rosemary stream. I, I'm gonna have to find a Rosemary stream. It's weird I, 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 I actually forgotten about Marty the Moth, but yeah, he streams quite a bit. So. It's weird how everybody reacts funny when they find Rosemary doing regular things. Yet, in all of her, ever since she existed, like she's always talked regular. Like even if you look back to the Hardy feud that they had, 
like she was a regular person like she was talking in that car like a regular woman and when she was attacking them and stuff she was taunting them and saying stuff about them yeah. like when she the only, difference is, the, only real, the only thing she does different is she says we instead of like her yeah but like she always act like a person so there's no reason it wasn't yeah. like it was like Kane where there was no vocal vocalization of her but yeah I'd still like to see her in streaming I've seen Leva Bates a lot streaming so I, I you know what it is I want to see the Rosemary stream because I want to see if she legit is like Rosemary up or do we get like freaking um Courtney Rush yeah yeah that would be interesting to see but yeah it's it's very lucrative but uh you know like i said these people have a lot of a vested interest they're wrestlers for god's sakes they're 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 celebrities in a sense so um uh, i could oh, see change they shared the stream appreciate it man oh thanks man so yeah i could i could uh definitely see where they're coming from where they do that and for me honestly and i kind of felt that way like we're in the like i said before we're not nbc over here the usa network you know we have a small intimate community like am i really going to limit myself for like 250 here and there from subscribers oh thanks for the sub thanks for the sub and thanks for the sub i become a thanks for the sub fucking parrot because that's what i see i, I hate insulting i know that i'm gonna get heat for that but that's how i feel sometimes when i see that kind of shit where it's like i never started this with that intention we kind of fell into like the different competitive and little niche things that are going on but you know really give a shit about the thanks for the sub world yeah pretty much <laughs> you know if it comes it comes you know but we're definitely not here for that but when you look at people like rusev he has said that he's done with wrestling and he's a full-time streamer now oh yeah he he's literally he, it's it seems like he's having more fun with this than he's had in a long time you know what's scary people like him and ronda and certain others are starting to see what they didn't see before that a lot of gamers saw and that's the amount of money that's just sitting around in the streaming universe like maybe they just thought there wasn't like all these years because you know streaming still something that's gaining momentum all these years maybe they thought that it would be like an okay income and i think they're just now starting to realize that it is lucrative like, oh, like, like it is paid. like it could be house buying lucrative like anything else even like having a band you have your garage ones and you have your ones that blow up but if you're a celebrity and you use that momentum to jumpstart yourself on here you could be rich which is what they're really ronda i noticed she hasn't said it but i mean look at how much fun ronda's having Ronda oh, Ronda she, had a blast during her stream. Yeah, Ronda, you know, my girlfriend says that Ronda left to go and have kids and then she wanted to becoming one. Because every time <laughs> I see Ronda, she's Dragon Ball Zing away or having a blast. She's having a fucking ball. Dragon Ball, Pokemon, Mortal Kombat 11 I've seen her play before. Oh, like, yeah, she goes in. She goes in. Oh. So, you know, these people are starting to realize something. Oh, what the, the, the internet's best kept secret is if you have a gimmick, the amount of money that that gimmick can, can generate on something like this. So Rusev has said that he's done because of all the money he hasn't said because of all the money but we you know it has to be what it is i mean at the end of the day he gets to make money how much he wants to make and it's his call what he does i'd leave the wrestling business too yeah no i mean look if that motherfucker wants to play modern warfare he doesn't have to go through 85 riders and get you approved i would hope not right can you imagine wwe tries their hand in streaming next because that's what's going to happen they're going to they're going to make you uh i'm gonna tell you what's going to happen they're going to be streaming golden axe over and over and over oh man it'll be tom phillips that controls it oh god oh oh yeah but rusa found this as a platform to use and i can't blame him like look we we wound up here you know a lot of good people and most of you guys that are part of the live nocturnal crowd that we have you said that you prefer this because it reminds you the most of mixer which it should be because essentially mixer copy twitch which is how we wound up with this competition and yeah in a way we wound up like the wcw guys at that last fucking uh at that panama nitro which you guys experienced through us 
And uh, now we're here. Yeah, we had the well, now we're the alliance. Good God, we're the alliance. Oh, no. oh, oh. <laughs> oh. All I'm gonna tell you right now is I'm not the Taz. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I don't know which I, one of y'all it is, but well, I don't. We're not the Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hara either. I want to. I would. I want to sooner be the Taz than uh than that. Yeah. See, I forgot about them. Yeah. Oh shit! You guys bought WCW. What tag teams did you get? Chuck Sean Palumbo, O'Hara, Chuck Palumbo, Ooh. Chuck Palumbo, and Sean O'Hara, and you know Chronic, it's other ones. Chronic. Right? <laughs> Chronic. <laughs> Chronic. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. No one came out of that deal. The best. You know what it is, though? Um, and I, it's bothered me. I don't know why I was thinking about this. I think about random shit sometimes, but I think they get way too much heat for that because for people, like the people that we, that listen to our show and the people we hang out with, including ourselves, we enjoyed it. And if you were too young to remember it, like you would have liked it. The Ring of Honor evolve watching PWG enjoying New Japan wrestling loving fans would have had a good time with that invasion as much as people try to mark that shit as the worst time in history just like everything that's happening currently it was only the worst time in history for people that only watched Raw and Nitro because for them it was like what's this music and who the fuck are these guys and what do these inside references mean and what are the real you know you're just lost it's literally like like 30 or 40 dudes who you've never seen before but if you were like the way I grew up as a teenager and if you were into ECW and you knew who Tajiri was and who Taz was which which a lot of them if you going back and watch it they were already there before they just flipped and and joined Paul but if you you wouldn't you would know them you would know who jerry lynn is and who rob van damme was so it was cooler for us i hate to say it but those guys weren't known at the time because ecw as much as they try to make it seem on the network like it was the third thing that was known it wasn't really it was less known than than the third company being an indie company is known nowadays like it was really underground you had to be deep into the wrestling world to know about those guys very few people know. i remember watching it like three in the morning or some crazy time when this thing used to come on i don't remember what what station but we knew these wrestlers so for us honestly even though the invasion gets a lot of shit because yeah palumbo and o'hara and all these other whack people that showed up they had hardly any of the guys you would want but then the you saw the guys like the ravens yeah, and the tommy exactly. dreamers and those people like when i saw raven show up i lost my shit yeah and even though a lot of guys <laughs> were already there and they just turned heel like the, the coolness of them now being together and shit like i i really enjoyed like the whole thing so for us it wasn't as rough you know what i mean like for us it was but really if you cool. didn't know it was, like, who they were it was true. like there's a yeah. lot of people on here and i don't know not one of you <laughs> right it would have been like if a couple of years ago they tried to do a tna invasion but they only had the people from tna that were left which isn't much so they decided to then bring in ring of honor so we would have all been like oh shit look at all this and most people wouldn't have known they would have been like who are these guys what the hell's going on they would have known the tna guys exactly they would have known the tna guys which they wouldn't have cared about because they would have only had b guys at that point and then the ring of honor guys are even lesser to them but again to an indie lover when you saw the invasion it was cool because it was you never even imagined like as much as people never thought that there'd be wcw people invading ww and having this big storyline i never my fucking wildest dreams thought there'd be the, the ecw people with paul Heyman walking through the crowd with the, with the when, when, it was when like ECW that was showed, up, showed up it was like holy fuck we made it <laughs> yeah you know for them to walk for them to walk of that door all the indie fans won yeah, because it's like absolutely. the boys freaking made it yeah so i thought that was it, it was good for its uh it's time for sure yeah you know R- rusev actually you can tell that this guy um is definitely sticking to streaming because he's gone on to talk about impact wrestling who would have been the nitro of the time and he said that he doesn't watch much but last week he watched tna and he he got donated money 
So he watched the pay-per-view and that those guys are the best. And that's why he bought the pay-per-view because he wants to support them. Yeah, he likes them. So, you know, he wouldn't be saying shit like that if he wasn't serious about uh, doing it. Because, I mean, I, I can't imagine WWE it would be happy about him saying another company's the best. But you know what? They fired him. And now he has, <laughs> At this point, know, he's obligated to. Yeah, they got to be careful when they do that kind of stuff. Because eventually, you're going to have people like the Rusevs and all these other guys where they're going to be like, hey, I could do, I could have way more fun on this. And then flash forward a few years when everything's going to shit and they need these people. And it's like, no, nah, I got a college stream tonight, man. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, Season man. five just came out. What do you mean come to Raw? It's Raw. And oh, my God. That kind of stuff. We were so gimmicky on here. How do people tell like, us? I mean, I'm here, so. Yeah, like, how did they tolerate all that gimmicky shit we used to do? Like, we're you know, still you know what it was? Because like, it used to be funny. It was, but you know what? There were too many heads, too many things going on. It was like the circus. You guys should have said it. You should have been like, you're right. It's like the circus. Grow up. Well, nobody's saying that shit. <laughs> I guess not, right? All I'm saying is you back then. Oh, no, ain't nobody saying that. Yeah. What the fuck you mean it's a circus? Get your shit together. Like, well, oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, you know who you know who came up in the, the dirt sheets this week? I never I thought I was seeing things. Remember Tyler Rex? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Tyler Rex. Tyler Rex who started off as like a normal person, then they tried to book him like a monster, and I was like, what? He he was the dreadlock guy, right? Yeah. The main thing, I think I've said this on here before, but the main thing I remember him from, it was either the shitty NXT with the, the the game show one or superstars every now and then when they would have like a like a match he had a match against yoshi tatsu and like yoshi like he said some shit he did a generic promo to yoshi tatsu and yoshi tatsu grabbed the mic and he went hey wash your hair <laughs> and i just remember losing it like oh shit he fucking told him to wash his hair just the way he said it like a father first he went hey <laughs> like that a in the beginning <laughs> wash your hair or no dinner. Like, wow, okay, dad. <laughs> yeah, that dude. I think he's the same guy who he used to have the burning hammer as a finisher. Yep. And, and uh, I think Cena told him not to do it anymore. Yeah, like he said, like, Cena, like, had him up against the wall. Like, according to him years ago, he was like, who told you to do that move? Or some shit like that. I've heard a few instances of Cena being a bully. He being thugonomically correct backstage. And uh, I guess that was one of them. But this guy comes up in the in the news apparently in this you know let's just look at the video and then talk about it afterwards oh god you guys are just jumping on i literally walked in the front door they asked me if i wanted a mask i shook my head no kept walking nothing don't be sheep That's his message to the world. Don't be sheep by wearing a mask. Is this really all that he he uploaded? And he's just showing his stupid face. And at the same time, you know, I'm trying to be respectful. I don't want to make me feel bad, so I'm trying to kind of keep the audio to a minimum here. No, you don't want that ass whooping. You don't want to see this show up. This is all our, you know, it's our choices. What do we want to do? I'm not going to make fun of anybody for wearing a mask. If that's what they feel makes me comfortable, but I'm not going to do it. I challenge you guys to do the same thing. What if everybody posted a video like this today? Imagine what would happen. All right. I'm going to finish shopping. 
catch up with you guys later. This guy is a fucking dick, huh? You know what the worst part about it is? It's like, he's a dick, but it's like, at least we remember Austin Aries and Loki. Motherfucker, if it wasn't for superstars and rich memory, we wouldn't know who you were. And the other thing, man, wash your hair. No, not that. Um, <laughs> the other thing, wash your beard. Like, why would you discourage? This pisses me off when they politicize masks. Because scientifically, this is another thing where I'm not going to disregard science. This goes back to the whole uh, LGB thing where it's just like, I can't discard science in something. I can't discard it here either. Masks are scientifically proven to uh, to stop germs. You can, like, it's, it's been proven, you know, like, why would you discourage? It's not even a matter of, uh, for anyone to understand the science of it, it's not even a matter of you protecting yourself. You're protecting others. And in turn, they're protecting you. So you wear a mask in exchange for them wearing one because it, uh, it definitely works. I promise you. We never question whether or not masks can prevent the fucking spread of disease and, and germs. We, we question whether or not everyone was exaggerating in regards to how bad the, the epidemic was, the pandemic became. You know what I mean? But the but the information about whether or not in a pandemic you can wear a mask and it's and it save you, this is not unproven. This is like that flat earth shit, you know? <laughs> oh it definitely fucking works. And since we do know that there's definitely something, and again, and I still haven't changed my stance that I've originally said when this whole thing started, that we don't know where it came from or what the information is. We're not being given all the facts. Something's funny about this. Um, I wonder if it's as bad in, in certain places as they say it is, et cetera, et cetera. It might be, it might not. All of that stands. But I'm still saying that I can say with certainty making, wearing a mask definitely, it's like wearing a seatbelt. I don't think that there's going to be a lot of accidents. I hope not. But wear a fucking seatbelt. It's just weird to me that people are making it a thing where like, ah, you're being sheep by wearing a mask or you're being this or that. No, you're not. It's literally a precaution about something that we don't know anything about. It's the reason why when we went to the moon, we wore big fucking astronaut suits instead of just went in there in our shorts. Nobody was being sheep. You, you try can't fucking breathe out until there. You know exactly what the hell you're dealing with. You, do, you take whatever precaution you can. This would be to do be eaten by a, by a fucking lion or something out in the jungle. You know what I mean? Like, you're not careful until you know what the hell the deal is. You're just careful. What an asshole. And then to have, oh, let's have other people. And as impressionable as people are nowadays, they grew up in the age of already having the internet. You can, you can basically manipulate people into doing whatever the fuck you want. They grew up in the, I hate to say it. I know I'll get heat for that too, but people beneath my generation, you can make them do whatever the hell with a little bit of, of stroke. And then this guy goes, Oh, why don't you all make videos of you going into places with no mask? What an asshole. Maybe that's the reason why. And sometimes WW's asshole radar is really good. Maybe that's the reason why you ain't nowhere. Because much as I don't like the way that company operates, I've noticed they have a really good asshole meter. They're able to tell from a mile away that you're an asshole and put you in check. That's crazy, though. You know, I'm I'm, I'm saying if you listen to this show, I definitely wear one, man. Like, what's the harm in it? At least we're trying something, right? But going, going around telling people not to wear a mask, like, what's the point of a mask? And don't be sheep. There's tons of things not to be sheep about. Wearing a fucking mask isn't one of them. What an asshole. There's, um, I think it was like a, a musician somewhere out there, I believe her name is Doja Cat. What's ironic about that was like she was making fun of people who were scared to catch the virus, and then guess what? She caught the fucking virus. We've seen it kill people, you know? What like, I mean? shit like this is the problem right now. Like, you don't want to wear a mask? Okay, you get sick. I think I'm good. I think I'm gonna keep the fucking mask on. Yeah. Like I said, it, it, it just... Like, and, be stupid by yourself. Like, and, and you know what? I'm grateful. I'm glad that George brought that up in the chat about the breath stinking thing. I'm grateful. And I guess there's just the shallow side of me here. But I was worried about that when the mask thing first started because people were talking about how they have to smell their own hot breath and shit. And I was like, oh, that probably sucks. 
But, you know, I, I guess it's just some people. Because when I wear a mask, none of that happens to me. Like, I don't feel like I worry, too. I was like, oh, my God, is it going to happen? And it's like, no, everything's pretty good. I just, you know what I do? I don't know. You guys could try this shit. Uh, so first I brush my teeth, right? <laughs> you know, you get some mouthwash. You know, I, I, I do the I do the, the, the manscaping thing. I throw on some aftershave then throw on the fucking mask. And like, usually it just smells like good stuff. I've never really taken a mask and feel like, ugh. Brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your goddamn teeth. Remember that, that thing oh, we put on here once? Wear the odorant, Ninja. Wear the odorant, Ninja. Wear the odorant. <laughs> and we, ra- we ran that shit on here once. I'll never forget that shit as long as I live. Oh, <laughs> that one's back there forever. Fucking book. R E D A B O. Okay. <laughs> not a sports page, not a magazine, but oh, a book, Ninja. God. A fucking book, Ninja. Why do you remember the word? <laughs> How could you not remember the words or something like that? How could you not remember that shit? It was golden. The mask doesn't bother me at all, though. Like, that's psychological. You can breathe perfectly fine with it. Ask Ninja. The only time the mask slightly bothers me, and it's only slightly, is just when my beard's grown out. And that's only because I feel it pressing against my face. But it's not even like, oh, let me take this mask. I'll bother me. It's just like, I know it's there. So every now and then, I just got to give it a good shake. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, and then that's and then that's literally the easy fix of just shave. No, for me it doesn't really uh bother me. Like I said before, it actually complements all of my different attires. Being that a good majority of my attire, especially when it comes to coats, vests, jackets, is black or leather or something like that. It's like yeah, and a mask actually looks like it goes with the fucking outfit in an alternate universe. I could do this. I could rock this. It doesn't look weird. Looking like a oh yeah, looking like a fucking dual mask where I was gonna sneak into a base and shit. You know, I try to I keep my avatar up there as as close to the the, as my attire as possible. But yeah, I I look at it's awkward if you're like a nanny or a grandma or something. It's like you have your regular little gown and you have the strange mask on, has a skull and crossbones in the front of it and shit. I don't know why I gave her that, but you know, that would be weird. Like, but damn, man. <laughs> you know, but I don't really find that the act of wearing a mask doesn't bother me and I don't mind helping out. I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the flattest curb on the, on the entire country. So you could listen or not. It's up to you, but I'm just saying it's flat over here. Right. It's completely flat. There's no cases. Does that mean it'll continue to be that way? Who knows? Probably not because people could tend to be stupid and repeat history, but I'm just saying it's flat here and everybody, all they did was wear a mask. It's not flat anywhere else. Just here. Everyone's playing outside. People are at the beach. The stores are all open. Life is normal. I don't agree with it being that that soon. I think we should have waited a little bit longer. This is like the looks clear scene in Pitch Black. <laughs> you know? They, you know, remember that shit? They asked Vin Diesel. They were like, how does it look out there? Looks clear. Looks clear. And then suddenly went, whoop, that shit came flying. Ah! It wasn't clear. Was clear. How does it look now? Looks clear. <laughs> you know? Writing it down. Looks clear. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't believe the first. <laughs> Oh, too much fun. Yeah, but screw this good dude, man. I forgot all about him. This is the most relevant thing that he's done a long like, time. And just like everything else he's is, done, it was bad. E- even if it was a message where it wasn't just be a political, dude, you're not important enough to have this fucking message. Not at all. Everybody, everybody doesn't think you're some just weird, douchey guy at the gym trying to put a message on. Like, who's this fuck? No. If, 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 if He looks like the kind of guy where if, if I told somebody he was in WWE, they wouldn't fucking believe me. Especially without the dreads, right? With the dreads, he just looked like he was an extra from Mad Max. Oh, my God. The one without the mask. That motherfucker looks like you hit random on Conan Exiles. (sighs) What is going on, man? 
<laughs> so you could say I need a verified check mask, but people don't. I'm serious. You know what I would want that to be? <laughs> I would want literally to wear a mask that across the front of it says, wear a fucking mask. Right. Dare somebody to say yeah, something. Just point the mask. mask. I'd want that. You, you know what? Can we have that done? See, see, you know what the problem is? You can't give me that shit because I'm going to just run up to people with no mask, fucking just run up on them, just fucking and point. <laughs> and you know Chasing what? people down the street. A lot, of, like, mm. a lot of people, and I think myself included, get a little bit more agitated just because this is out there and we're trying to be careful and stuff. And I feel bad because the other day I was in, um, I don't know if it was a write it or whatever the hell I was in, but I was looking through stuff. Some guy, older black dude, very respectful, came up to me. Excuse me, brother. Can I, can I get through to, and I, you know, I looked over at him and I went, wear a fucking mask. And I kid you not, just like that. <laughs> just like that. And it's just because it was like the third or fourth person I seen near me in my proximity, in my personal space. And he, <laughs> and he stayed respectful. He was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. You know, I forgot. And he pulled his mask out and he put it on. And like, I just awkwardly kind of, left <laughs> felt terrible <laughs> afterwards felt fucking terrible and it wasn't stasis was with me it was, it was you know what i mean it was like i just got tired of it i just saw him i was like wear a fucking mask you know and that's the thing that i always try to tell people on here and anyone who's met me including people from other podcasts who i've shared broke bread with and met in the city and stuff that, that we don't no longer associate with anyone who's met me one thing good or bad whether you like me or not one thing they can tell you is that a lot of people they'll go on to shows and podcasts or be keyboard warriors or whatever uh i'm pretty much me you know what i mean like there's no i, I don't i don't conform back down when i leave here and i'm like this calmer dude who's not going to be vocalized because you might be in arm's reach of me and can shoot or punch me i'll roll the fucking dice that i could fight better than you and dodge <laughs> bullets if i need to but the point being that like i don't really i'm not one to like curve my words <laughs> you know so i looked at it and i was like wear a fucking mask and it was like quiet in the store too so it kind of it was one of those things where a few people turned and it was like i can't be out there too long because that kind of should bother me you know it's like i'm not i'm not really uh if if i'd be anything if there's a god i'd be a god-fearing man as opposed to that it's like i'm not going to fear other men so you are and not I, his holiness. Most I'll do is I'll feel bad after I have an outburst like that. Like, shit, man, that guy turned out to be nice. Like, I didn't want him to be nice. Otherwise, it would have worked out better. All right. He's one of them snap back. Motherfucker, who you talking to? Like, okay, yeah, see, that worked out. And then all hell breaks loose, you know? All right. Like I said. Next thing you know, <laughs> next thing you know, you fighting in a fucking riot <laughs> over a mask. Over somebody wearing a mask. I'm one of those people on news that you hear about that got into a fight over the mask thing. Motherfucker. You <laughs> Don't be like that. I just had a moment. That's all. We Put all your mask on over your black eye, bitch. Like, what? We all, we all have those moments, you know. As, it's like, again, I grew up in, in, in New York, and I and in the rough time in the 80s when, when, like, the actual ghetto neighborhoods were the ghetto neighborhoods. You know, and, like, you know, you had to worry about more shit than this. You had to worry about the dry, hot shells from the bullets and the shootouts on the ground and the crack bottles that you would casually see on the streets and the very frequent drive-bys and things. So at the end of the day, that's the reason why I'm a strong practitioner in sticks and stones. Like, at the end of the day, I'm great with words, but that's because they don't fucking bother me when I hear them. You know, and yes, this is why Stacey says, and that's why when I when when I go out and he asks if I want him to come, she says no, and she does. I'll be like, you need any help? No. <laughs> They try to handle bullshit. I'll pull rank. Nope, I'm going anyway. Fuck you. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) (sighs) I can just see Stasis too. He's like, I'm going anyway. Shit. (laughs) Walking out that door, I hold on. I want no bullshit. I don't want no bullshit. Then the bullshit come around the corner. God damn it. (laughs) 
Yeah, anybody who's ever been around a New Yorker kind of knows that it's impossible for us to have an attitude on the air or online that doesn't manifest itself if you were to encounter us. In any cases, I've been called more intense by uh by people that have uh encountered me, which I don't consider myself. I think I've mellowed over the years, you know. Yeah, oh, you. <laughs> when I first met you, yeah, you were way more intense. Yeah, at least I I feel more mellow, you know. Like I give a less less of a shit. I get they say as you get old, you give less of a shit. Less of a shit means less intensity. So. Uh, WWE, with their wonderful COVID-19 practices, have managed to tell, <laughs> tell them to fuck on me. Oh, my. <laughs> Why don't we have that dropped? We need it. We need it. We need to make a list of drops that I, that I can The video is so... Oh, I'll do it probably tomorrow or something. Like, yeah. That video is so fucking easy to find. You can only find it like 45 fucking times. So, I mean. so WWE had a really good second quarter because they reported their second quarter earnings and it was really really good they had 224.4 million revenues 268.9 last quarter and uh they had an operating income of 55.7 million which is up from 17.1 million last quarter so uh they are doing really good. The digital content increased by 10%. Their e-commerce doubled to 12.6 million. This is a really, really good year for WWE. Yeah. They did so. I'm so proud, man. Like to think like, wow, look at all that money that they're rolling in. And, uh, they wound up saving 51.6 million in media costs because there were lower television production requirements. They don't have to worry about having um, all those big TV trucks in the back anymore. And uh, they don't have to worry about the traveling money. Everything's just stationarily set up in the performance center. So they don't have to worry about paying people to move shit around or set anything up or adjust anything. Everything's just catering. nicely in place. It's like, you know, they, they have their own little thing, you know. They also don't have to worry about the money it costs each time they're going to make a production because they just piggyback Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Everything could just be taped on one big group and then they toss it out. Dude, they are saving money hand over fist. Like, if you understood, for those of you that aren't into, into like, the uh, economics, if you understood the money that this company is making and the money that this company is saving, more than anything you've ever imagined that anybody will be able to save or imagine, these motherfuckers are making bank. So you don't have to worry about them going anywhere. Whether you like the product or not, they're swimming in money. If anything, this, the, they, they probably benefit from another pandemic after this. They're probably sad to see this shit go. I won't say that about them, but they are. See, you won't, but I will. So they, 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 if this was there, they, they, they'll keep the world this way. They'll be like the villains in like a fallout or something. They just want to keep the world. <laughs> and uh, we know that the Florida mayor has been very accommodating to these people. Ron DeSantis, which is the reason why his entire state hates him. And this is the reason why Florida has become the largest pandemic site, the epicenter, as they call it, in the United States. Because we talked on here back when I was the epicenter over by my neck of the woods about how bad of an idea all of this was. So uh, according, this is Ringside's reporting, they're saying according to somebody who knows this situation that remains anonymous... The McMahons have Governor DeSantis, quote unquote, by the balls. By the corner. Yeah. And the reason behind this is because, uh, Linda promised the 18.5 million from the presidential super PAC to go to Florida. And we talked on here when this first happened about how it was a coincidence that that Florida super PAC from Linda 
came within 24 hours of wrestling just being completely okay and nothing else ever became okay we're just now getting sports but they were okay and i said it's just strange i'm not accusing anyone i'm just saying the timing is weird now we're hearing that uh yeah it's being the quote is that the mcmahons have the governor by the balls i never thought that i would see it but that's how much wrestling means to them that they'll that they'll literally put politicians in their pocket and uh this is the reason we're hearing according to ringside news that wrestlemania 37 is going to be in florida specifically in tampa and uh, that'll be beneficial for all of them. Yep. So the McMahon seem to know exactly what the hell they're doing, right? They got it all figured out. Yeah, good for them. Like, Woo! No, nothing even matters. Like, it could fire whoever they want, which which goes to show with that level of profit, it goes to show that there was no necessity to fire anybody. Oh, yeah. Of course there wasn't. You know, it's just that they said, hey, you know, we could save even more money. And then imagine going into that investors meeting and being like, guys, look how much money we saved, which they did. They did. They went in there and they said, look at how much money we saved. Look at it. Just look at it. And in this quarter meeting, they basically said um, they were asked about going to Saudi Arabia. And Vince said that the decision hadn't been made yet. But based on where they are in their economy, he doubts it. And uh, you got to keep in mind, Saudi Arabia has about 40,000 COVID cases out there. They're dealing with their own issues. And... I don't know if they're going to want people from Florida showing up to do wrestling. Could it go turn to 440,000? Yeah, so it might be a thing where it goes both ways. Maybe their economy's fine. 40,000 is not a terrible number. It's not great to have 40,000, no. but it's not bad enough to affect your economy. It might just be that they don't want your American asses, your Floridian American <laughs> asses here with your, with your fucking virus. You know, you know, it is the COVID, the cover-up. They don't want Goldberg dropping somebody on their head again. Yeah. Maybe it's best that we all just stay put, you know. Right, just stay here. Just... I'm sure a lot of your wrestlers won't mind not going back there. It works out for everybody. <laughs> and then plus, there's all that money you guys saved, so there's no need to. Uh, there's no need to. It's like you're struggling for money. Yeah, how much you guys saved? Fire and Zack Ryder. Come on. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, all of those producers that were quote unquote furloughed. Remember we talked about this, the difference, there was such a specification at the time. It was like, well, if you were furloughed, it's not the same as being released. Furloughed just simply means that they are send you home and don't pay you. Gotcha. I guess, you know, I guess I don't understand words. And, uh, they were supposed to be brought back by now, but apparently it's been extended until August 28th. And then uh, maybe it'll be extended again. Who knows? Right now, August twenty eighth, and then it'll be January second. Yeah, and then maybe released. Eventually, become next. You know, it will be the year seventy two fifty eight. Mm-hmm. And a company called Lightshed ran a piece where uh, they basically said, "Don't buy WWE stock." They said, oh, yeah, many, I saw that. "They said there's too many critical questions surrounding the company to recommend buying stock," and uh, so. That's pretty rough for them. I mean, enjoy those quarterly reports while you can because the situation hasn't improved itself. So you got to be careful with that. They, they, I don't know much about Lightshed, but apparently they're a stock thing. And, uh, they said that they need to pull up their viewership and, uh, fix their numbers and stuff like that. Because as you guys know, according to Ringside's exclusive Fox and USA are starting to, uh, get a little bit agitated about the ratings that they're getting for these companies that they're paying for. And as a result of this, um, we're hearing that uh, WWE's going to uh, 
have less money the next time they have to negotiate, negotiate television deals with Fox and USA, which is only in two years. It's in 2022. So uh, this is okay for now, but they are eventually going to have to pay back all of this down COVID time. And firing so, a bunch of wrestlers ain't going to help you with that too much. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, they're definitely in an interesting situation. Definitely rough for these guys. They said that the MVP, the ecosystem, is in true decline. Not exactly sure what that means, but that sounds like some serious shit. Fix that ecosystem, you know. But um, essentially what they're saying, all joking aside, is that everything is really dropping. The viewership's dropping drastically. And uh, the next time they have they go to the negotiation table, USA and Fox are going to be like, look, these ratings were down. We're not going to be able to give you these deals anymore. And then WWE, because shit rolls downhill in that company, is then probably going to release more people and lower yeah. people's contracts and a bunch of other stuff. But if they do and, that, and just like everything else, it's not going to help because they don't like doing the stuff that's actually going to fix the problem. Yeah, well, what will happen is a lot of these guys will find work elsewhere. They're no longer going to be the big people in, in town. A lot of them already are. And uh, the WWE Network, we were talking before. Remember, we we're going to have that tiered network. It was going to be like you get the free version, you get the nine ninety nine base version, and then you get like the actual network that'll be like fourteen ninety nine, and then so on, depending on what you get. Uh, you're going to get content from like Progress and Evolve and all of the indies that they're starting to absorb in addition to what you're already getting. We're hearing now that they're not going to be doing that. They changed their minds. They, they, you're not going to get no tiered network. You got the network that you got, and that's all you're going to get. That's probably a wise move. Because the yeah, network that not. I was going to go with was going to be none. And I still might choose that new zero dollar payment plan. Which, by the way, the free version of the network does exist. Which I'm pretty sure is no different than the kind of shit that you would get yeah. on a YouTube channel if you didn't pay for anything. Just little clips and things here and there. I'm sure I, I have a general idea of what a free version of a streaming service looks like. They ain't putting pay-per-views or anything relevant on there. So they basically kept everything the same. The free version is just to get people hooked. So they look at a couple of popular clips and go, oh, I'd like to see more. Would you like to see more? Well, for $9.99, you can see more. Look at how good our revenue is. This is a great company. Come check us out. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's crazy. It really is. Oh, yeah. There was apparently uh some Reddit user. His name was Joey. And uh, WWE sent him a writer's contract. I guess he applied for the job or something. And he turned down the job. But as a result, he <laughs> he leaked the, the writer's contract, I guess, so that we can all get a look at what a WWE writer's contract looks like. Jesus. And, uh, yeah, here it is for anybody that was curious about it. He says, I was offered a job writing for WWE SmackDown a few months ago, and I turned it down, but I framed the contract they sent me, and I just realized the end date of my trial period would have been yesterday. Here's what a WWE contract looks like. So he reports to Ed Kosky, who's the vice president of creative, and it's for three-month trial period. It's hard as hell to read this thing. Yeah, I can barely even read it. I read the part that says, as a temporary employee, you will not be eligible for medical. Yeah, that's their, that's their, like, that's their signature, right? Making sure you're not eligible for medical. Right. You see, you, you, you slip on the phone and snap your neck. You better take a half brother man up. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, there's the contract. Hey, if you're watching this on demand, you could pause it if you want to try to read the shit. Um, or go back to the on demand VOD videos, by the way, in case anybody doesn't feel like waiting. It, it stays on the Facebook gaming page and the uh, Twitch page instantly as soon as we're done. So you could check yeah. it out there. You don't have to wait for like the 
iTunes one, which I try to put up as quickly as possible anyway. But yeah, it's really just trouble in paradise over that. As much as they're able to say they save money, a lot of their money saving is because of the pandemic, as as shitty as that is, and because of firing a bunch of people. In turn, this did turn out to be a very positive time for them. But the positivity has like nothing to do with uh with them doing anything good. It's just being more greedy. Yeah. I don't know. Give me a sec here. I want to set something up real quick. Okay, there we go. Uh what do we got here? So uh there's been speculation about what's gonna happen. You know, everybody's saying Vince McMahon needs to take over the like stop being in charge and that uh he's an out of touch old man and everything. It's starting to look that way. Not gonna lie. As a big fan of Vince McMahon, it's starting to seem like he might be a little bit crazy. You know, right now, like maybe he's just too old for this. I never thought I would say it, but holy fuck, like the whole creative system is falling apart around him. Uh it's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Ryback actually chimed in during his podcast about WWE's quarterly earnings. And I thought this was interesting. I want you to hear a little bit of what he had to say. I'm going to link you to the whole thing. It's very, to me, that's a very volatile stock to be in right now with everything. And Vince's age, because I'm telling you, the uncertainty of that company and knowing it the way only he does. And Hunter you know, and from the information that I, I've, I've been told, that doesn't want to stick around past 65. And, you know, that it's going to be a, who, who's going to get the company once Vince goes, because we're getting to that point. I feel like Vince, is, there's going to come a point. I know his, his mother lived to his 100 or whatever, and he's, you know, I'm sure is hoping he, he gets up there. But I think with his steroid use and everything, I don't think it happens. Like when that's being just, I think that this, he's around the age where that stuff really. It hits you, and I think we've seen the way he's aged. I, I don't. I just don't see it ending well personally with him, and in, in his history and abuse of those things. And I don't know. We'll see though. But I think that stock is not one that I would. I see it going down before it's going up. And it's not to say that it won't. If, if a company like Disney or Fox took it over, I think eventually things would. I think they would do a far better job making money than Vince is actually if they. If they tried to actually let people create stars, then again, though, they may make it more, more WWE than it is even now with everything. And then the way their, their thing is, so it can go either way, but I don't see it going up anytime soon. Thank you guys. So, hmm. I can only imagine that this WWE is even further beyond. It's, it's It's a morbid thought there. I never thought about that. Um, I kind of always felt like Scott Steiner was living proof that you can actually do steroids and not die. Yeah. I thought Scott Steiner would be dead decades ago. Scott Steiner is living proof of that every day. But I wonder at somebody like Vince's age, I wouldn't want Vince McMahon. I think that would, he's one of my favorite. He might be my favorite heel in the entire wrestling world ever. I would not be happy. Even if he's lost touch with the creative after all these years, I would not be happy if that man died. You know what I mean? He's responsible for a good amount of the entertainment in my lifetime that was really good not just passive good but fucking excellent top tier entertainment things that you never thought you would see in madison square garden people crossing over and celebrities being there and the kind of spectacle that everything is i mean if it wasn't for vince mcmahon pay-per-view wouldn't be pay-per-view go back and look at him he was really one of the originators of pay-per-view we didn't have that shit back then and all of that stuff from the business side aside for me entertainment wise i think he's the greatest heel ever oh yeah like ever i don't think there's any wrestler or any manager that is a greater heel that has ever had a better 
or more memorable or more entertaining role as a heel than Vince McMahon. I think that is as good as you can get and as good as you're ever going to see a heel character. And it's amazing when you really look at it because I'm certain that Vince started doing that because of what he saw happening in Nitro over there with Eric Bischoff being revealed in the NWO and the way that they were carrying themselves. And he was just kind of trying to countermeasure that feel with the corporation. And he did a fucking stellar job. He did a much better job than those guys did. And there's just, when you, you know, if you were to look, if they ever did a Vince McMahon special, which I think he's not someone who likes to have that kind of stuff focus on him, but if they ever did a Vince McMahon special just on his character, not the creative side, but the character of Mr. McMahon, and you looked at the, the highlight reel that that man would have, you know what I mean? The highlight reel that he would have for most, not just matches, but pr- promos. He's done some really awesome promos segments and shit like it, it, it's like you don't see creative shit like that like people take for granted how fucking good he was you know what i mean like like he was good man i've never seen anybody that good and we've had some great heels out there i've never seen anybody as good with their delivery with their character the the just the storyline the consistency you know stone cold couldn't have been stone cold and brought in that austin era which is essentially what made the attitude era blow up if he wasn't feuding with vince mcmahon it couldn't have been anybody else yeah you always had the the person who vince was like vince's uh main guy like he had his the, the rock or or but, mankind but as a heel but it was vince, exactly and and those those feuds that feud would never have been as good if it wasn't for vince vince is the reason and he doesn't get enough credit vince is the reason why stone cold became stone cold steve austin you know, you couldn't have one side without the other. It's like Batman and Joker. Yeah. You, you couldn't have, have one side of this without the other. other. And it was some of the best fucking storytelling ever in wrestling. And he did that. Nobody else. Yeah. No one was See, Everybody, every, everybody likes to talk about how Vince screws up this and Vince screws up that. Nobody likes to talk about how Vince killed it with Austin, how Vince killed it with uh, the McMahon Helsley era, how Vince killed it with the corporation. Oh, I love all the stuff that he's done. So I'm not going to be, everyone's so worried about the product that they're being ungrateful. Like I'm not looking forward to like the day that he, God forbid, passes. You know what I mean? Because I think he's just such a great mind for the business and uh, he's done so much. And I get where people are coming from, but I don't think that it's just him. There has to be just a changing of that whole system there. It And, and yeah, a lot of people are going to say, oh, but he has the last word. How the fuck does the word get there? The system he is, doesn't, is, is he doesn't start the word and then meet the word to destination. It's never just Vince. It's never been just Vince. It's never gonna be just Vince. That's simple thinking. You don't want to think simple because if you think simple, you're not actually getting to the root of the problem. Yeah, and that's a big concern. That's a gigantic concern, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Vince obviously he has the last say, and the guy's getting older and up there. That just means that he needs help. Isn't that what you're supposed to do when you have people older than you? They get old and have helped you the whole time. Now you help them back and shit. So I just kind of feel like someone needs to step up there and not just shrug their arms and be like Vince Steele, man. Like not somebody. You got to get somebody who who can really help this dude. And it's not the creative team that he has. They come off like a bunch of brown noses that just want to get their own ideas over. It seems to me like everybody's so focused in that company on keeping their job that no one takes any risk. You know, like as long as whatever they come up with is passable in his standards and they're not in the radar of his crosshairs of being an asshole, that's all it is. Nobody's objective that works there due to the infrastructure of that company is to try to make things work. Everybody's objective is to try to not get fired or get heat. So they're being as careful as possible and only presenting ideas that will be approved. And and I, you almost can't blame them because who the fuck wants to get fired? But then at the same time, when you get that complacency, especially with someone like Bruce Pritchard, who's Dr. Complacent in the fucking room, what are you going to do? 
you're not going to ever get any type of 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 uh, creativity going. So the whole system needs to be changed and someone needs to make Vince aware of the fact that this is not working and that the only thing that we can do is change this system. You know what I mean? That's super important. It's just something that needs to be conveyed to this guy, you know, but uh, last I checked, that's not really what we do with the elderly. We don't go, oh, you know, we really hope that uh, this person drops dead since they're no longer operating at full functionality. <laughs> You know, one of these days, y'all motherfucking ain't gonna be option if op- operator full functionality. Now watch how awkward it is on the other side. Yeah, it is. It's gonna be awkward as all hell. So yeah, like I said, for me, I get it, and the creative is falling apart. Yeah, the business part of it hasn't. It's still unstoppable. You know, you got to look at it that way. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. You know, what are your thoughts? What do you think? I mean, and then to hear what what Ryback was saying that he has an inside source that told him that Triple H doesn't want to be in WWE beyond the age of 65. Um, they need to really think about what that means then. Like, who the fuck's going to, where's he going to be? Yeah, they got to have, the problem with this company is like, they'll sit on something, but then not have a backup plan. Like, yeah, like, let's say, yeah, Triple H doesn't want to stay past 65. What, 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 do, you, what do you guys have anything ready for when 66 hits? Like, or you're just going to sit there and be like, oh, it'll figure himself out. He'll change his mind. Like, there's all, there's so many problems in that company when it comes to that creative. It's to the point where Vince is the last thing I think about whenever something goes wrong. Because, yeah, it's the last word. But guess what? There's also God knows how many other people in there that are pitching these different ideas. They're sitting there thinking this stuff through and then passing all those events. And nobody's over there sitting there going, oh, well, this doesn't work. I guarantee you right now, if that group of writers sat there and was just like, you know, this doesn't work. It'd be amazing how many things will probably change. But no, everybody just wants to appease to what Vince wants. Everybody just wants to, they, no, nobody, they are just, they, they're, they are the case. I'm just sheep. They just go along the path and don't try to do anything different. And yeah. then they wonder why things are the way it is now. Like I've always said before, it's kind of funny how many people look at me like I'm crazy when I say it's not just Vince. Like, no, it's not just Vince. It's never been just Vince. It's never going to be just Vince. That's not a hard concept to understand, but it seems like the easy and the lazy thing to do is to always blame Vince. You know why? Because Vince is the only one who everybody knows his name. Yeah. And he is responsible at the end of the day, but there just has to be a better way to do this. You know, there has to be yeah. a better system in place. It's crazy. It's absolutely fucking crazy to me that this is the way it turns out. You know, and uh, I get it. It couldn't be a worse time for the old man to get older during this. <laughs> I mean, shit happens. I mean, they say when it rains, it pours, you know, and this is just a case of that. It is it is pouring right now. You know, it is absolutely pouring because uh, the timing of everything we're going through in the world and the fact that uh, Vince is getting older. Anybody who's getting older, this, this has to be the hardest on people that are older, even if you're regular people. So, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> but they are going to have that next quarterly in a couple of years. And I know two years seems like a far time away, but everything that we're talking about here at one point, we were talking about two years ago. You know, so just let that resonate with you a little bit. All right. Well, moving along here, we have been following this story and it's probably no secret to you guys that Kyrie Sane is gone officially from wwe yeah yeah that the really last sucks. time we saw her on raw was her last appearance mm-hmm. i know she got some heat from bully ray because he was saying that uh she broke kayfabe too quickly because like literally and i didn't realize it last last uh, week during raw right after that segment she tweeted out a goodbye to everybody like literally she's still her corpse is still on the ground of the gate <laughs> she's doing a goodbye. he felt like i guess as an old school guy he felt like all the things that those girls were building up that storyline she destroyed 
because um, here she is laying on the ground seconds later and they're trying to do this dramatic write-off where like really put Bailey over as a heel and get her heat for destroying Oscar's best friend and get this whole feud going. And uh, you, then you go on social media and it's like, I'd like to thank everybody for being here and it was wonderful. So it's like Bully Ray took offense to that. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I see nothing wrong. <laughs> this company gave her fantastic years. The girl made great memories, accomplished virtually everything she possibly could have with maybe exception not win the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship. I'm not really that concerned in 2020 where I'm not really giving a shit about kayfabe that the girl wants to thank everybody who's ever supported her. Like I, I, I start to get annoyed with some of these guys with these old school mentalities. Like, oh, no, you gotta protect the business. You gotta keep kayfabe. We're on here talking. We've all been on talking sometimes about people's contracts, earnings reports. I think we kind of know some of the inside stuff. If the girl wants to say goodbye, I could give a shit how. Like, she could still be in the middle of the ass whooping and tweet it out, and I don't care. I think the point <laughs> that he's making though is that she could have let a little bit of time go by between her being seen taken out like that and being on Twitter. Yeah. Like, just let the kayfabe of the fact that everyone just saw you screaming in pain for Oscar, now you're down. Let that resonate for a day or two, maybe. Even a few hours. Just not still during Raw. And you know what? Selling, and I hate to sound like an old person saying this, but selling really has become a lost art. They say that commentary has become a lost art. Well, not really, because AEW commentary is great. Oh, yeah. Selling is a lost art. Nobody sells anymore the way that they should. Tonight, I don't want to jump too far into Raw because at this point I only half pay attention to that shitty show. But tonight I saw a sequence where I forget exactly how, but Sasha winds up on her ass. Like she's literally sitting like in a way like a kid would sit in the ring. Like she's on her ass and her legs are out. She's vulnerable. And Shayna gives her a roundhouse kick to the back of the head. And she falls forward, right? And then she like holds like the side of her her head and looks up at Shayna like, really, bitch? really you roundhouse kicked me to the back of my head and then she starts getting up holding her head like you really did that bitch i think she even said a few times really really i'm like wait a minute hold on i feel like zach morris at that moment pause pause the whole shit behind it (laughs) you mean to tell me that she took a roundhouse kick from an mma fighter into the back of her head while she was in a seated position and just got up like and got up offended sasha honey sell that shit a little bit it was a roundhouse kick to the back Stop of your it. head. If if you Ronda got roundhouse kicked and she was standing with her guard up, trying her best to hold her title, and the kick put her lights out immediately, but you're in a seated, completely undefensive position, and that's it. You're down. Unbelievable. Mm. Yes, this is live. Yeah. Everything you see is live. Do it live. Fuck it. Wonderful. Wonderfully live. Yeah. <sighs> But yeah, they put out a video. I guess I'll put some of it here. Hopefully it's not too long. But uh, this is Kyrie Sane's emotional farewell that they had. Oh, and now Bailey rushing in for the Bailey to Bailey. No. No, no, no. Sane able to counter. Oh, oh, Kyrie Sane has pinned Bailey. Kyrie Sane has pinned I love the that that's the rub they give her. Bailey. Yeah. I think I was, yeah, that was her last, like, match match. Yeah, I guess it was. Thank you. He said goodbye to everyone. Must be hard for her, you know. But yeah, I like yeah. she's walking around for anyone that's on the 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 
podcast version only. She's walking around to the commentary. She's bowing and shaking everyone's hands and、yeah. saying her farewell. NXT の superstar になりました Three years ago, I just started training the PC. Time flies so fast. I had so many opportunities. I became the Mayan Classic champion, NXT Women's Champion, WWE Women's Tag Team Champion. I am so happy. I'm the happiest of women. I have been. Uh, lonely until she came to the main <laughs> roster. Kyrie Sane, former NXT Women's Champion! <laughs> she said I was lonely until you came. You saved me. She's talking about Oscar. まあ、みんなのね、あの、可愛い妹が遠くに行ってしまう。マーク・マーセン、you are like a little sister to all of us and you'll definitely be missed. カイリさん、えー、カイリさん、please stay healthy and well in Japan. Do your best. I miss you! You're asking you know? I have one of our better people, man. Oh, yeah, that girl was awesome. That girl was absolutely incredible. Awesome. So, what's next for Kyrie? Oh, I am a pirate, so never stop voyage, right? <laughs> so, I'm going to next voyage. Bon voyage! It was the funniest thing because you could tell she had a real moment. She looks over and she goes, Are you sure? And it's like, Yeah. <laughs> like, that girl had an amazing, amazing career. And yeah, it, it won't be the same without her. No, it really won't. One of my favorites. So definitely、yeah. going to miss her.、Yeah. See you down the road, Kyrie. Indeed. So,、uh, yeah, let's,、uh, let's intermission here to talk a little about your birthday, homie. Happy birthday. Woo! 
I made it to another one, damn it. <laughs> you have come a long way from being a listener on TuneIn Radio, huh? Dude, I think about some of that stuff nowadays. And there were, I think, a couple of times where I think I went back to, like, some of my old stuff and listened. Holy cringe, Batman. <laughs> but there was always potential there, man, you know? Yeah. And uh, full disclosure just about, like, how he came onto the show for anybody that wasn't listening years ago, back when we were just a podcast on uh, iTunes, tuning in a few chat rooms. He would, uh, he was a very enthusiastic listener. And uh, I remember years ago, you would constantly contact us we would hear from you messaging and having ideas for the show and uh, things we can do and things we can try i would get messaged to the point where i would get annoyed after a while i had a different team on here at the time and i would even say man this guy he talks a lot about all these things he wants to do and try and everything and uh you were like a super fan of the show we had a few of those back then but like you were definitely like a freaking super fan yeah who are you telling yeah it was crazy and uh at the time, we were part of a network where there was a lot of crossover with other shows, and he was on a few other shows. And I th- I guess one of the things that kind of annoyed me is that I tend to uh, try to make sure, and that's just me. I have no experience. I'm self-taught. It's not like I have some sensei or some shit. I didn't have any Master Gohan or Muten Roshi here. I just kind of felt my way through this. But I tend to try to get people to be their best when they're on the air. And in the past, I've been guilty of doing that, maybe to a bit of an aggressive point. But I remember telling Destin with this guy, he, he messages me nice, nice as you possibly can message someone, just explaining that he's a big fan, fan as a border. And I remember at one point I told him that, uh, the thing was a lot of the other shows would sort of try to have people on and not really show them the rope, show them how to, how to be on the air and how to do things. And they'd make a joke out of it. And I kind of didn't like that about them. I didn't like the fact that the only way they were able to, uh, have any kind of entertainment was at the expense of others. Like everyone pokes jokes. We're satire here. You guys know that, but we mean everything with love. And whenever our whole gimmick, our whole edge doesn't only manifest itself when it's time to talk shit about others. Okay, what bothered me and part of the reason why we went off on our own was that a lot of these dudes um, like to make a joke out of everybody. And I'm hearing this guy on the air and he, even with his bad audio at the time, he just sounded better than them. And for some reason, that just agitated me even more. So when he, when he contacted me, I told him very aggressively the way that I would in a rant, but in a message that I was kind of embarrassed. I was like, you know, these guys are fucking making this a joke. I'm on this network and everything on here should, there should be a better presentation. You know, I have to show my own community. I have to plug these other shows on my show with the fucking community and no one else is taking this seriously. He was, you know what? At the end of the day, I was frustrated and unhappy with my peers and the place where I was. And I was a bit embarrassed of them. You know, I was a bit embarrassed. They, they, they tend to have jokes that I think crossed the line. There was a lot of racist and derogatory things said. There were things that were just said in bad taste and, uh, just stuff that, that like if anyone even looked at their archives at this point, they would no longer exist. And I, and I think that unfortunately in one of our first encounters, um, he got caught in the crossfire of just how I felt about the place that I was and how dissatisfied I was with, with who they were. And at the time, I think I myself lacked the maturity to even understand myself where I was coming from. Just looking back and psychoanalyzing my past uh, actions, I'm a little bit more in sync with where I am mentally and emotionally, where I can look at that and see what was going through my head, where at the time, I don't think I was as uh, sound at it. 
And uh, like Stacy said, the place was full of toxic ignorance. And I think it just got to me. And uh, it was to a point where, unfortunately, he was a residual. And I just told him. And I didn't say anything that I don't still to this day agree with. Could I have been nicer to the guy? Yeah. Um, especially since he said that he was a big supporter. Like, imagine going up to somebody who you listen to regularly. And you're like, hey, man. Like, imagine you came up to me. Hey, Rick, man. I really love your show. I'm like, yeah, well, fuck you. I hate your shoes. You know, it was suck. Busted ass case was having <laughs> And uh, I think that's where I was with him. It had nothing to do with him. And even Seb, who's part of our community as well, from the Zen and CL community, and someone who uh who who he hangs out with us during the game streams, not so much the wrestling streams. He asked Dustin, he was like, Why why the hell did you stay? He literally said to him, Why the hell did you stay? And um, you know, I think part of it was that he was fucking smart enough to 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 see the uh the information distribution, the fact that I was showing him not just making fun, but showing him like what he could get, what he could do. Like if he, he was someone who seemed serious about wanting to entertain and create content, it was like, look, you need A, B, C, and D. What you don't need when you're in that situation is somebody making jokes at your expense. And uh, to me, one of the most amusing things when I look back at those days was that he did what a lot of people nowadays do in mainstream radio and media. He worked them. He pulled like a Darby Allen and they were so busy feeling themselves and drinking their own Kool-Aid while their, while all their dicks were in the Kool-Aid mug that he, uh, that he, they didn't even identify the fact that they were being worked. And what I mean is, and this goes back to a story we told a few months ago about Darby Allen when he wanted to get on a, on a show. And, uh, he, uh, he pretended that he was banging a MILF and that a bunch of bees attacked him as his sex story. Oh, Remember, it was a sex God, story I'll show. Never forget but then that he, he admitted that that was just a story that he made up because he wanted to get over on the show. When I was listening to this thing, it was clear to me that uh, he was just trying to get on this show. You know what I mean? And I think it was clear to anybody listening that Dustin was just trying to get on this show because he was saying all this shit. I, I remember you, you mentioned being an MMA champion in an underground league. And it was a bunch of stuff that I could tell. 13 times the man, I believe at the time. I, it was stuff that I could tell, especially knowing at the time how much you knew about MMA and the way to do the belts and the tie work. It was stuff that I could tell. It was just like, fuck it. I'm going to get on this, on this thing. I'm going to say whatever. But they, they were so incompetent to it that they made it like a thing where it was like, oh, you know what this guy said? Yeah, ha, 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 yeah, ha, ha, ha. I'm not even realizing the, you gave him the airtime. That, that's the way that it works. Anyone who knows radio knows that you get tons of people who try to get into your studio or become a caller with crazy shit because they're just trying to get on the air, which is what the guy was trying to do. I never had to even ask. I didn't even tell him before this that I was going to say this, but um, I could just tell listening and having common sense that this is what was going on. And I found that creative and I found that amusing which I think was part of the reason why I took interest in the guy, you know, and then we started talking, hanging. As you guys who are old school listeners know, even when we had a whole bunch of people, and this was more like a freaking party chat line, uh, you know, he was in there. And uh, it's funny when I look back at times when you would just have your phone and try to call from strategic locations so that you would get a good enough signal to be able to get on there. Sometimes rooftops, you'd be Peter Parkering it, and you'd call from like a rooftop if necessary in order to be able to get on this damn show. <laughs> You know, I remember there were times I was like, dude, you need to get a connection. You call me, you, you would message me. Hey, man, I think I'm going to do better today. I'm on I'm on a higher roof than I was last time. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on with this dude, man? It's like, yo, listen, you need a mic. You need this. I'm going to link you to some things that you need. And a lot of people, when you show them what goes into this, because everyone thinks that it's just playing with your dick on the air. Well, uh, so when 
a lot of people when you show them what it entails the money it costs the, the way you have to have your audio set up the way you do everything they'll go oh now that i realize how this is i'm gonna just take a step back yeah i didn't know fuck all that but no he didn't he went and he, he pursued it and he put himself together and at the end of the day he was better than any of those guys ever were you know and um it was just funny that they didn't even realize it that they had somebody that they could have done stuff with that was better spoken than anyone that they've ever had on their side but they were yet making a parody out of something that could have otherwise been an asset and uh i i found that very amusing and what the very telling part of it is that at the time they felt that my words towards him, towards him were harsh and at the end of the day uh he winds up here with all the benefits and shit and like you know we all know how that story ended and this is me again um it's just an observation of how much the guy has grown and how far he's come, you know? And like, I, I'm not really one to put people over unless they've earned it. So that's the reason why I think you've done a really good job. And, and I've said before, people have, Oh, why do you just have him now when you could have had this person? There's a misconception where it's like, you guys think we don't still talk to pre or other people. Um, you know, just because they're not on the air doesn't mean that they're voided from our life. Pre was in the chat room last week and we have other people that we talk to, but, uh, you know, life happens and shit happens. Yeah. There's been some fallings out. There's been some friendships made that that's like life and that's in anyone's life. Um, if you tell me that you've had no falling outs with certain people and built friendships with others, you're full of shit. The only difference between me and you is that you somewhat have a window into our lives. So you're able to see that stuff sort of transcend across the airwaves. So it's easier for you to judge. I can't judge whoever fell out with whoever in your life because you're listening to me. I'm not listening to you. So, uh, yeah, obviously in anything, in any part of life, you're going to have that happen. But I just kind of feel like at the end of the day, having Destin on, it's been the most casual that the show's ever been, which has helped me a lot. I used to have to, and it's not trying to bury anybody, but I used to really have to make sure to powder people's asses before putting them on the air which would take a lot out of me. I used to have to make sure they had their shits correct, that they had the right thing. People forget things over and over again. The simplest thing, it may not sound like it to you, but if you want to hear something that sounds like crap, but you can't hear us coherently speaking, then I could have just let them be. But yeah, I've had people on here where some people needed more help than others. Even if they were great on the air, it would take a lot to get them to that point. Whereas with Destin, it wasn't. It was kind of like Destin and I don't talk or plan things. That little thing you guys hear in the beginning, for those of you that are live, is the most planning that him and I do before we go on. Like it's a few words between one another. Nothing, nothing is scripted or there's a program of shit to talk about that we can pick from if we choose to. But at the end of the day, uh, I think that's one of the reasons why he's here and others aren't. No disrespect to any of them because a lot of us still maintain offline friendships, but it was just simply easier to do with just him, him and myself and an occasional third person. And uh, the format works for me. And anyone who's been here since episode one understands that that's the original format. But I digress. One of the things that I talked about, you know, was just how there was an episode where uh, we had a, a a panelist on here who was having a birthday. And I let that panelist control the show and have a celebration. <laughs> this and I is remember, my favorite story. <laughs> and I remember Destin as a listener. He messaged me and he's like, oh, you know, I seen you have a birthday for this person. Um, I was wondering if next, you know, my birthday's coming up next week. And I was wondering if we can do my birthday next. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? Like, nobody knows this, who this guy is. He's just a listener. And next week, he wants us to come on the air. And I remember we were joking about, like, he wants us to come on the air and have his birthday party for him. <laughs> you know, and just, and just acknowledge his birthday on the air when it's like, you know, it would just be strange to do. And that became a parody for years with him, the fact that that happened. And now here we are years later, and it is actually his birthday. And he's on the air, and we're acknowledging it, and we're talking about all the past history and stuff. Like, who would have ever thought that that would have turned out that way? That is the most <laughs> unlikely series of events I've ever fucking experienced in my life. 
It's the funniest thing too because I pointed this out. It had to have been May or June. I because every now and then what I start to do as I've gotten older, I plan stuff ahead of time. I don't really do my thing in major. I look at I think we had just gotten off the air. I look at the calendar. I'm like, wait a minute, Rick. You know what day my fucking birthday falls? He goes, what? I was like, fucking Monday. <laughs> yeah, and here we are, you know. And you know, it's what he wanted, and it's what I supported, and that's that's what we do on here, you know. As much as there's been these little rumors and slanderous things said about, oh, you know, this guy's a slave driver and everything. I to this day have told you guys, I've only ever invited a couple of people uh, on the show. Those couple of people all happen to be female. Two of them are female, and and believe it or not, one of them even invited. Not really. I don't want to say invited themselves, but most people that have been on here as hosts or co-hosts or whatever, they invited themselves. That's case closed. Anyone you've heard in the past, aside from probably maybe one or two girls that I uh, have had on here, anyone who I've had on here of my of my own volition has been a female. And it's only been once or twice that I've done that. And any other girls have just been let themselves in. And that goes for the guys. So when you hear about people who are finally left there, I got out of, you know what? They, they are the ones who let themselves in. And uh, we just obliged them. And I did the same for Destin. The only difference was that I feel like he had more of a potential and capacity to run with the ball and do his own thing, you know, and it makes it easier to do a show like this and hang out with all of you guys when you have somebody on the air with you who's able to do that kind of stuff. There's almost no stress. The only stress that I ever really have in regards to Destin, there's never disagreements about the show or any issues. It's that he's a really busy guy. So it's hard to get a lot of that extra content out there that I try to get for you guys. Not that we're on Twitch and we're on Facebook gaming. A lot more is required of us in order to keep the offers of those partnerships and affiliateship statuses. And it's more than just a wrestling show. So we find ourselves having to do gaming shows and a lot of streams, things we never really planned but have sort of grown into. And uh, sometimes he's too busy for that or, or our schedules don't meet up. And that's really been the only issue. Whereas with others, I kind of felt like I was turning into a babysitter. So this is the reason why when I say that he's the best co-host, uh, I, I mean it in the sense that it, it gives me the freedom to not have to worry too much about what's going on. And uh, were you going to say something? I don't know if I cut you off there. Oh, no. Was, oh, no, no. You're good. I was, okay. yeah, pretty much. I mean... Which I've told him in the past, like, I mean, I'll try to be around as often as I can. I can only do so much, but that's why it's never been like, there's never been like an argument about it. It's just like, all right, whenever you can be around, I'll be around, you know? Like, it's, yeah. And we're expanding. If you're out there and you're listening yeah. and you think you can contribute to the community in any way, we're going to be doing it because I'm already shopping around for other panelists and callers. Not for Mondays, because I'm comfortable with just us on Mondays. Um, but for other stuff, for right shotgun during the gaming streams or whatever, you can hit us up. Our DMs on Twitter are open at Rick Darraman, and you have the newly anointed Twitter handle, right? Oh yes, uh, Soul Glow Frasier. At Soul Glow Frasier. Which, uh, for those of you who don't understand, uh, the Soul Glow bit. For any of you hang out around game night and wonder why that's my name, I'll break this little story down for you because I don't think I've ever told the story on the air. So <sighs> we used to hang out after the show. And sometimes usually it'd be when there's like a botchamania on. There's another way had a spinoff called Wrestling Dumb Shit. Well, one night we find this segment and the Soul Glow song and the commercial starts playing. We're like, what the fuck is this? And we see Mick Foley and they're doing the Soul Glow bit. Yeah, that one time that Mick Foley came in the past couple of years, anyone who watches botchamania remembers this. And he had a, he had the Jerry Curl hair, basically. Yeah. They put the Soul Glow bit from... Uh, the hell was it was it i'm gonna get you sucker i think it was but all i know we were crying watching this and i don't know why that one stuck with me to the point where the next time we did game night that was my name 
and I just I never changed. He named himself Soul Glow in the chat room, so then we gave him this. (laughs) So he's been Soul Glow for a while. We haven't been using any recent stuff. But it's kind of funny. uh, (laughs) It's kind of funny that was my drop. Another thing that wound up being something I worked towards for the longest, I was the only one on the show with no drop. It was just everybody else got the drop, and then it was like, and that's I just sitting there like, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think I think there was one point where I would just randomly message Rick, and I'd be like, hey, how about this for a drop? How about that for a drop? It turned into day one me all over again. So then yeah. I could, we come on one day and we roll through the entrances, and I'm like, I don't know what it was, but I sensed something was about to happen because you said my first name and then paused. Anybody who remembers watching that episode, I lost my shit. That was a real reaction. And we don't do drops anymore. When we introduce ourselves, we don't press buttons or do any sound. Like I said, we stopped being gimmicky a lot, but it is a cool callback and we will occasionally throw it in as a joke or whatever. It still, it still exists, obviously, as you can yeah. see. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not going to go into details, but the same people who were basically trying to bury us had, had technical difficulties. Uh, this past week so hopefully now everybody stays in their lane um but it just got annoying for me you know that i was like villainized when i never said i was a good person i've told you guys before i don't believe in good or bad light or dark right or wrong that's just circumstances and i react to them sure and i could be an asshole when i need to but you just got people that are obsessed with me like they badmouth me and then essentially will go on to copy everything that i do like if i'm not able to pay attention you know you know i have people trying to imply that they want to go head to head with my production when no one's ever even heard of them and, and, and our production isn't just audio. They want to go head to head with me with a wallpaper and audio. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Where it's like, I'm not really competing with them. I'm not competing with anyone but myself to bring a better product all the time. And, and Destin's been, uh, someone who's been a big part of that, which is one of the reasons why, um, I just want to go back to what we've been doing for these past few years, making content, not talking about these guys or whoever the hell. Like, we're so far removed from those people in that drama. And honestly, the quality of life for me personally goes down the more we deal with anybody from that era. And I know it sounds shitty to say, but I feel less happy when I'm talking about or dealing with them. All joking aside, all trolling them aside, I'm perfectly capable of verbally taking care of myself. And uh we could have gone back and forth throwing these dudes underneath the bus but I just don't enjoy myself thinking about them or any of that stuff that was happening. You know, it's not a proud time just because I didn't like the content they were releasing or who they were or what they stood for to this day. And I just feel like we're better people without dealing with anything like that. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, to me, my relationship with Destin and him as a co-host is a testament just to everything that was wrong over there. Uh, you know, the, the way that they were treating him, the fact that that whole thing turned into the joke that it did and the fact that we were able to make chicken soup out of chicken shit. Yeah. During the pandemic, you know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I would like to, I would like for them to, uh, as long as they don't do any more nonsense to, to do their, their own thing. And I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do my own thing at this point, man. I really don't want to constantly have to waste airtime. When we have so much shit to talk about, and you're like, ha, 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 our show's long because we have a lot of shit to talk about. But I really don't want to waste the airtime with that nonsense because people are going to be bitter and angry and they have shit to be bitter and angry about. Nobody listens to their shit. Nobody watches their shit. I'd be bitter and angry. Much as they try to make it seem like nobody does the same for us, that's not a fact. So, I mean, let them be bitter and angry. They have reasons. They have justifications. Nothing fucking worked out, you know. But 
that's not the case for us. I don't want to keep revisiting the same shit. You know what I mean? Like Goku from the Cell games wasn't hoping to fight Frieza again. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Super Saiyan God Goku and Vegeta don't sit around thinking, man, I really wish Nappa was here so we could show how strong we are. Like, it's like, look, dude, we're just so far removed from it. I just don't want to deal with that nonsense anymore. And I kind of felt like I got my tongue dirty, even wasting my time with it when it's happened. But, um, I did want to save the rest of my comments about that for your birthday, since a lot of it did, um, sort of segue into how I met you, where you came from, and, you know, what we stand for, like, as a community. You know? Yeah. I didn't plan any of this shit. I just said, hey, let's talk about your birthday. I had no idea what exactly. I was going to say, but I, lately I just, that's just the way that it is, man, you know? Yeah, sometimes it's fun that way. I like the chaos. <laughs> yeah, like I said, there's not really much planning, and I'm happy for the people that we have. And, like, the difference between me and most people is that I find being honest is the easiest way to discuss anything because you don't have to think too much between your brain and your mouth. You can just say things, and the stuff you say comes out good. You give a good promo, if nothing else. Unfortunately, when you're bullshitting, you have to stop to think about what you're going to say. And that automatically is going to make you sound less good and less convincing. So I find it easier. And and the thing about the truth is that it's irrefutable. No one can look at the truth and be like, well, I disagree. It's the truth. So no matter what I ever say to you guys, whether you like it or dislike it, agree or disagree, I keep it as honest as humanly possible simply because... It's easier that way. It's easier for me to live life as an honest guy. I'm honest to a flaw because just like that, I also call you a fuck face to your face. You know what I mean? But it's like, I, I just find that easier. So I think this is one of the reasons why we have things like this. Yeah. And it's been, it's been a thousand times better. I mean, when it comes to people who don't know me in my personal life, understand this is the same person I am when this mic turns off. Like, and I think that's one of the things that benefited me so well, even when we were over there. There's no gimmick to this shit. All right. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, if you catch me on the street, I'm the same guy who pops on, who, who turns on this friggin' mic and gets on this show till four or five o'clock in the morning. Nothing changes. No, nothing at all. Not and a that, single and, thing. And like I said, so, our goals were never a partner or this or that or whatever. It was just to have a platform where we're doing what we're doing. We're hanging out with friends. I don't care if it's two, twelve, or 2,000. We're just hanging out, chilling, just talking about things, how we want to talk about it. I told you guys that when I'm not on here, I don't even watch television anymore because I feel like even the shows I enjoyed, the movies I enjoyed, they all have like a bit of a corporate overtone to them that that puts me off to it. I look for similar content to my own. I'll go watch something on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook gaming, another content creator like myself, and uh, I'll support them. I find more entertainment when there's not a middleman directing or, 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 you know, just controlling the content. So that's what I look for. So that's what I enjoy. I'm not doing this for any kind of monetization or monetized gain or any of that shit. It's mainly because this is the platform that we wanted back in 2014 when that was barely even a thing. And it's been here since. And it'll continue to be here, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And I think that, like I said, everything happens for a reason. Destin's been a big part of that. So I think it's appropriate that during all of this, with the way that this year's been and the way all the chips have fallen, that his birthday was to fall on a Monday, August 4th, 2020. Yeah, Happy birthday, much. man! And uh, yeah. and I the the uh whatever the hell that game was that I that I gifted you was just uh a small yeah, rock. Co- it was on it was Rocket Arena, Rocket which that Arena. caught me off guard because I get this email on my phone and I'm like, Rick Dar has gifted you. And I'm like, what the fuck did he get me? So I look and I see the game and I'm like, this motherfucker. Because keep in mind, I didn't ask. I don't ask people. I I, I really don't ask too many people for much. Just stay like at, the, at this point when it comes to my birthday, I'm, I didn't really do anything today. I'm actually gonna do some stuff probably later on in the week. I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, hey, you want to fucking hang out and have a drink? And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. I like, It caught me literally completely off guard. And that game wanted to be in so much fun. Like, yeah. 
And uh, if anyone wants to see the gameplay, because we have it on TalkBrunch.com, you can scroll down the gameplay videos there. Also, Facebook.com slash gaming slash TalkBrunch, our Facebook page. Um, or Twitch, Twitch.tv, the videos on the man section. You, you'll see a couple of Rocket Arena. Um, after I picked it up for him, him, myself, Seb, Stasis, uh, we all played uh, some games. They're pretty, pretty fun stuff. Pretty fun little recreational oh, yeah. game. So, uh, yeah. you know, it was just a small token of my appreciation because, you know, you have done a lot and you help hold down the fort here. And uh, like I've said before, anyone that was waiting for this to like end, I would do this shit solo if I needed to. I would do it with one arm and no mouth if I needed to. Like at this point, anyone waiting to see the the lights go dim, you're going to be fucking disappointed. But I am grateful nonetheless to have a co-host that uh, the stuff works out with. And again, we're always expanding. We're in the process of expanding right now um, because of the recent turnover have to do with the pandemic. Uh, and have to do with just our own preferences. But, you know, you're going to have other personalities and things over time. Nothing happens overnight. And what we've done in the past six years hasn't happened overnight. But uh, yeah. the difference between us and any of the other people who who um, who ignorantly um, claim themselves as competition is that when our milestones hit, I want it to be about us and the history of us and what we've done for it. And canologically, to be honest with you, anything that happened prior to 2020 I don't even really consider canon in my mind. And that's just my way of looking at the way the talk brunch universe we have today is, uh, you know, I guess with a bit of tunnel vision. So, yeah, you know, pretty much like I said, and thank you uh, to everybody who, who, uh, who helped support and continues to support, you know, what's up, Ashley weekly plan. What's up? You know, thank you. Yeah, to anybody I mean, who continues to hang and, out. And, and I mean, Stacy says, thank you for being the other half of talk brunch. Thank every last one of you for just letting me do this. Like, People gotta understand. I'm about to get real for a second. Growing up, I did not have the most fucking confidence because I just I didn't see much for myself. And when I joined up, well, I wouldn't even necessarily say joined up back then. As much as they tried to make me into a joke and a parody and everything, it kind of it gave me a boost of confidence that was long needed. There was a point in time where I didn't like me. All right, flash forward 2020. I'm here on Monday nights excited because I'm like, hell yeah, I get to jump on this show again. We get to just shoot the ships and then I get to listen back to it later. Like when it comes to so many aspects of my life, if it was not for this show, if it was not for Rick, if it wasn't even for the other place, I'd still just be OK with no Internet. Hooking up to the random Wi-Fi around the street. Sitting with like an Xbox 360 with no Xbox Live, with a computer that ran slow as shit because the thing was like priced all on Windows 7. I'm sitting in front of a $120 mic, a $400 computer, two consoles in front of me, $60, $60 to $70 internet every month. Like, this thing has upgraded my life a thousand times over because it gave me a reason to want to actually want shit, want more shit for myself. Has it sometimes stressed me out? Yeah. Have there been days when I've been sometimes burnt out and just didn't even want to do this? Yeah. But I still came and do it because it gave me something I actually want to get up for. And now it's to the point where when in my overall life, things have been so much better. I mentioned to Rick, and I'm going to tell you guys now, I believe sometime, I'm thinking, I'm not sure exactly when, I'm still trying to map the time out, but sometime this coming Saturday, I will be starting keto. I'm going to get myself healthier. I'm going to get myself better because full disclosure, 28 getting up there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, I'm I in want, great, I want I'm in great shape. Year. I'm in, I'm in, you know, I'm not even saying I'm in great shape. I'm in decent shape just because I'm, for anybody who doesn't know, like a couple of years ago, I changed my diet. 
uh, completely and I just changed the way I was living just because you, you know, you do get out of shape when you're doing a lot of content creation. I didn't want that for me because I've never really been like a bigger person. So I was yeah. going in that direction. I, I got in great shape, but for, but for the girlfriend, man, like, holy fucking Jesus. Damn. Yeah, it is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I'm pretty much set. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she has a body. I feel like at this point you. I feel like at this point you gotta go outside with a steel pipe, just ready. Try oh, me, dude, motherfucker. It's definitely. I'm not even trying to bolt, but it's a traffic stopper. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like people, people, <laughs> people turn around and shit and look at us. And it's like, oh. But uh, yeah, it's definitely worth it to take care of yourself as you are, as you get older, because you do want to get in great shape. I'm, I'm really happy with uh the shape that I'm in, like everything that I've done. So. You know, I'm glad that you're following in suit because I've always not so much on the main Monday show, but on the other game streams when we get into discussions, I've talked about like I, how important I think it is to uh to do that. You know, cut out a lot of the bad shit and just live like a, a good life. And it's not as hard as a lot of people think. If anyone ever needs advice, you can hit me up uh, because I'm sort of like a bit more. I wouldn't say an expert, but I'm a bit more, uh, I guess, knowledgeable, if you will, in the area. Yeah, definitely a good way of putting it. But I mean. At the end of the day, I mean, for Christ's sakes, like I said, Stacey said, thank you for being able to have a talk brunch. I say when it comes to this community, anybody who's been here before, anybody who's going to be here from the future, thank you for letting a kid from freaking Charleston, South Carolina, just show up and just have fun. Yeah, and that's what it really is. It has to be fun. And that's one of the reasons, you know, I don't want to talk about anything outside of this community negative because it stops being fun. Like, that's the one difference. As much as everyone enjoyed me ranting because you guys, I know, look forward to, which is one of the reasons a lot of people report when stuff is said about us. You look forward to those moments. And honestly, a part of me does, too. But when it comes to that particular community, they were just too toxic. And, uh, you know, it was just too it was just too bad for me to really want to re- keep revisiting that, you know, and it sucks that it came up because I would have helped them. uh many a point i would have helped them grow into a something they were the ones that had the negativity imagine if everyone was able to get their heads out of their asses and just would have gotten along and let old shit go how much better we would have all been oh they've been amazing yeah but since at the end of the day the one thing that i sometimes let myself forget is that you know ultimately we have been the ones this this show out of all of that entire hierarchy exists has always been the one that's been in the most control yeah. So as the ones that have been in the most control from the beginning before even leaving there anywhere, I'm choosing to uh, move back to just the content. I want us to create fun content and not have to worry about what's happening or the mixer closed down or who's pissed at who or look old people from your past with nothing better to do all this shit. Uh, it's not worth it. Not for me exactly, because I, everything else is great in my life personally, aside from having to go back and rehash old shit like that. So why spoil the great run that we're on with all that crap, you know? And this is what I try to tell you guys when people, people fight ghosts of yourself because none of us are the people that we used to be years ago. Let them just keep fighting the phantom versions of yourself that they have in their own heads and don't give it any more energy. You know, what pissed me off was just the, the fact that, like I told, said last week, was just that more people were vocal about you than they were about me. Because first of all, they don't dream of coming near me, you know. But the other thing is being that as hard as you worked for everything that you did, it was just like, yeah, why why throw that guy under the bus? If anything, yeah, please throw me under the bus. It's kind of like they don't want to they don't want to do it over here. I, I invite you. Fucking do it over here. Because uh, most of the time I like to run with that kind of stuff just because it sounds good. It makes me sound like a bad guy, a badass, whatever. Something bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, 
happy birthday and thank yeah. you for all your contributions and everything. Hey, it's always appreciated, man. Yeah, anytime. Let's talk a little bit about weeklies before we, and there's more news, but I want to get the weeklies out of the way because one of my new things I want to do is I want to start having a bit shorter shows just because we do so much other content throughout the week. If you miss us or if you feel the show's too, too short now, you can come into the chat room on Wednesdays when we have scheduled content. You come in on Sundays and then sometimes in between we do unplanned shit. Keep your notifications on. You know, look on Twitter. Twitter's an easy way to see what's going on and where. Talk in chat rooms. But, uh, you know, I do, this one will probably be a little bit longer just cause it's his birthday. But at the end of the day, like, we're, I'm not going to be covering all the, all the shit when I have other stuff going on. Right. So, uh, AEW Dark was two hours this week. Two hours. Oh, it was just a dynamite shit. episode. It was a dynamite yeah. episode. We got Tuesday night dynamite. Yeah. And it was, uh, it had a few interesting matches. I'm not going into all of them, but, uh, we did have FTR versus the initiative. That's their new names. Peter Avalon, Leva Bates and Cutler. Steve Cutler is the name. Uh, Brandon Cutler. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh. Brandon Cutler. Yeah, that guy. The, the, the 2D20 guy, right? The guy with the Steve dice roll. Steve, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, all right. And we finish with Spike Piledriver by FTR. Um, You had a uh, Pineapple Pete in a match where he oils up Nakazawa. They're, the two of these guys are tag teaming. Pineapple Pete and Nakazawa and tie, he oils them up and he essentially here's a funny thing. So he oils up Nakazawa and then he essentially does the Rey Mysterio slide off of the back of Sunny Kiss into Nakazawa in the corner. It was just a bunch of weird stuff. You're Nakazawa yes. going for that mandible claw with the thong on Janela, but Janela winds up averting it and he, he pushes his hand so Pineapple Pete winds up getting the fucking uh the thong hit and then oh, Taz he's God. like Taz is like, oh it's gonna be a ranch at pineapple. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Like those guys those guys kill me man. Um see I see the comedy at AEW, the commentary enhances it. Dude, I almost passed off from laughing the other day because of the fact that I watched Botchamania, the most recent one, for the first time, and I wasn't expecting. <sighs> I've been watching Botchamania most of my life. There's someone to I was not <laughs> expecting for the Taz thing to come out after all these years. <laughs> I lost my shit, dude. I haven't seen that since before I had this show. Back when they used to do weighing two hundred, like the, like when that came out and the. <laughs> Oh, dude, man, that shit made my day. I never thought that he'd be an announcer again, so I didn't didn't think about the fact that it would be possible (laughs) we have that task segment again. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yo, pure joy. And it's funny because it's such a, you could tell he remade it because it's such an old bit that, it used to be low definition, and he sees like a HD version of the It's Taz clip that he oh, had to I go back. That up. <laughs> so good, man. Uh, the Jurassic oh. Express and the Best Friends had a match against the uh, Inner Circle on Dynamite. You know, what? wait a minute. One more thing about about uh, because I know Seb would be upset if I didn't mention it. One more thing about Dark. They had a uh, Penelope Ford against a girl named Kenzie Page. She's been here a couple of times. I know Seb's a big supporter in the Indies of Kenzie Page, which uh. She's a good seller, and and I I like the fact that even though it was essentially a job match, they let her get a little bit of her shit in here. Um, yeah. With Penelope hitting the lethal injection, and then she basically, unfortunately, because it's a squash job out, she hits her with the lethal injection, and she pulls her corpse off the ground. Like, she does a two count, but then decides, nope, I'm just going to pull her off of this two count, and then she ends it with a fisherman suplex. Uh, yeah, good for Penelope, one of my favorites there as well. 
and uh, I do not know. Great. Yeah, and I do not know what the point of they had a backstage promo with with Private Party, but uh, this time it was like Matt, big money Matt, that came out instead of the regular Matt Hardy that they normally have, and he was just a dick to them. Like he was a total dick. And he was just worried about himself. And they were looking at themselves like, huh? Like, why is this guy such a dick? And he just, like, shitted on them and left. And I was just like, I wonder why that happened. Like, it was weird that he turned into Big Money Matt. Like, what, the, what was the point of that? You know, I thought that's well, really I mean, good. No, I, I, I just kind of traded it up to the fact that Big Money Matt was kind of a douche. So I was like. Yeah, but then how, why have the douche guy come out when, he, when he's getting out? <laughs> When, when he's trying to mentor these guys as the good Matt Hardy, you know, it just felt random, you know, they're just. I, I, I started, to, I think at that moment, I started to think like, maybe it's just, he doesn't, he did no control. Which one's showing up. It's just like, whichever thing. one shows up. That's annoying. You know what I mean? Like, I hope yeah. they don't keep doing that. Like, no, I like the mentor, the whole Michael Hayes version of him with them. Then he's trying to mentor them. Not the fucking the big money Mac. <laughs> it was just so random. Like, why do you make that gimmick up? Like, you know what I mean? Well, like, you don't have to do every gimmick. Yeah, exactly. Like, stop being weird about this. Uh, AEW Dynamite, we had the Jurassic Express, like I said before, in the best friends against the inner circle with the finish being Matt Hardy, speak of the devil, he went up distracting G- Guevara from the top of the ramp, his music hits, and, uh, Luchasaurus, in the meantime, he roundhouse kicks Guevara, um, and he goes for the win, and then Matt waves from the top of the ramp, and, uh, and that was pretty much it. Shit was like a buzzsaw roundhouse kick, I was like, you will kill this man, like, what the f- Taz, once again, weighing 200... There's a point where uh the move that Luchasaurus does is called the spinning lizard. Oh, and Taz wow. is like, that happened on my honeymoon, but I digress. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> the spinning lizard. I because I I, I, I I watched it I watched it uh again because I usually I watch some of the stuff like the Wednesday stuff I watch it twice just so I know for sure what happens. And I heard that and I was like, the fuck happens on your honeymoon to where you get a spinning roundhouse kick? The spinning lizard, though. That's what the joke was. He didn't do a spinning roundhouse. He was making a dirty derogatory. It's something that's a spinning lizard. That's where he was like, it happened on the honeymoon. Oh, that never registered. Damn. The spinning lizard. I was too busy watching Kamar get kicked (laughs) right in the face. Uh, Cody Rhodes has another one of his matches. And this time it's against this guy, Warhorse. So look, I'm not as much of an indie guy as I used to be. I know a lot of you must have been like, oh shit, it's Warhorse. I was there with Rollins. I was there with Owens. I was there with Zayn. I was there with Cesaro. I've had that, oh shit, it's indie guy moment. Insert indie guy here. But you know what? I'm not keeping up with the dark indies right now. I don't yeah. know Warhorse. I know everybody's marking out, oh, it's Warhorse. I don't know who the fuck that is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen shit. this guy a few times. So like, I knew of the name. But it wasn't like the oh shit, it's Warhorse, and I was like, yeah, Warhorse like, is here. That? Who's Warhorse? You know. Just, but uh, Cody taps Warhorse to the figure four, and um, listen, they really got to give this guy some credible competition. Like they aren't doing any favors for him or that title. Even if Warhorse is good, I don't want this thing to have an open challenge where like literally you have no clue who in the world is gonna come through the door. That's exciting to some extent, but not really. And then after the match, you have the Dark Order who jump, uh, Cody and, and, uh, and then fucking Matt Cardona, aka Zack Ryder, comes in for the save. Zack freaking Ryder, which I guess is good. He got over at, at one point in WWE. Yeah. And He's a guy who, he, he has capabilities. I mean, he was able to get him, he was able to get himself over in WWE. Yeah. So good for him. I'm glad that they were able to do yeah. something with him. Um, he looks in good shape. Yeah, yeah, he looks in he looks in good shape. Um, I'm hearing that the contract signing that he did it's only for like five appearances, and he's already done one. Is it him who has the five appearance contract? I believe it is one of the guys that showed up. I believe that it's him. Uh, 
yeah, it's five deals. So he only has four more left. Maybe they'll sign something afterwards, depending on how it goes. But yeah, right now he's on the five deal contract. Yeah. Sometimes they give a little like feel or ones. It's like, see how you feel about the plays. Give it them a little bit of time. So. Yeah. Jericho was salty about his jacket, even more, more orange than last week. And, uh, what do you call it? Demon orange? Or it's like some demon orange juice he sprayed on me. Fucking Jericho. I can't. I, I love the fact I, that he went, do I, I smell like orange Jericho. juice? And Santana's like, like, oh, actually it's cat cat pee and then he, goes, oh. he looks at, at tony shivani he goes like cat pee tony <laughs> <laughs> santana looked like he didn't want to tell him but he knew he had to eventually mm-hmm. oh god so then you get the uh the ftr contract signing which was a little bit strange i know some people didn't like this you know but uh ftr brings in arn anderson as their tag team consultant which further proves that they're rebooting the four horsemen here because we know arn is with cody and now we have the the arn anderson and then of course adam page shows up who i suspect it was going to be the fourth member and he's bringing whiskey shots and they have to acknowledge that arn doesn't drink them anymore for some awkward reason uh but, uh, you know, they, they celebrate the contract signing, which I'm assuming means out of kayfabe, these guys must have signed the contract as well, because it would be awfully bad business to do a storyline contract if they didn't sign the real one yet or just make you look right. stupid. So I'm going to just assume that. Uh, what else happened? We got, uh, during the Dark Order tag team match, uh, it was against Penel- Penelope. Uh, who was it against again, actually? It was against, uh, why did I say Penelope? It was against Brody Lee and, uh, Cole Cabana and who else was there? I'm trying to remember the Dark Order. Well, actually, what it was was the two Dark Order guys whose names I don't know, because I told you I don't know their fucking names since they're all masked guys, were having a match. And Brody Lee, Cole Cabana, and then they had a new member, Anna Jay, who joined in commentary. But then in commentary, I didn't hear her. She wasn't So why have her? They just had her walk out with a mask. And this is the first time we're seeing her as this new member. And uh, yeah. there was just no speak. I don't remember who the Dark Order had the tag team match against. Actually, actually, yeah, because was, this was uh, the tag title match. This was a uh, evil Uno and Stu Grayson against uh, Omega and Hangman. Don't know how you know these Dark Order putties won from the other though. But you're right, it wasn't. You know, against it was, Omega you know, and you know it was I the remember only now, I know yeah, because uh, because after Omega and Page go over, um, the Dark Order try to jump them, but then the FTR come to save them. Right, right. I love, gotcha. I love how their bit is the first thing they do is hit them with the cooler. Yeah, that is a cool. They've done bit it twice, like. <laughs> hmm. So that was solid too. You know, see, we talk good wrestling here. We had Diamante versus Hikaru Shida. With Diamante, she was, she, um, you know, at the end of the day, they gave, she dropped out, but they gave her more of an opportunity against the AW Women's Champ than NXT gave her. WWE gave her against the NXT Champ when it was Asuka. Yeah. Well, Asuka basically wiped it, the floor with her, cleaned the she, mat. She made, she made Shida work <laughs> for this one. Yeah. That being said, she botched her code red. And, uh, look, I'm no botch snob. Shit goes wrong. But my problem in this case is you're new. They're trying to showcase you. And you botched that code red. And it's a move that before this match, they emphasized for you in your little video package. When they're talking about how good you are, it's showing a montage of your code reds. They're talking about how you're a 10-year veteran. And honestly, having really observed her for the first time in an extended match, she's a 10-year veteran that works like a green girl. Sometimes with WWE, it does seem like they're jobbing people out. But other times... Like in this case, I just feel that they're identifying who the jobber is because that girl's not that good. You know, she, she could be better. And I give AEW credit for giving her that rub. But at the same time, this is part of the problem with the women's division. There's too many girls in it that are not that good. And yeah. I think this is just another girl that's not that good now in the roster with other people that are not that good. So you're going to get a bunch of matches that are not that good. 
And then, speaking of not that good, we have uh, Ariane, formerly Cameron of the Funkadactyls, who they oh, reveal as God. the partner of Nyla Rose, who uh, Vicky Guerrero is managing. I can't believe that the defective Funkadactyl is who they acquired to team with Nyla Rose. The chick who had the shit attitude who nobody ever cared or gave a fuck about after she left. And then she has the nerve to go, I'm back. Like, you've never been here before. So, I mean, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> so just just to relieve you a little bit take a little bit to, just, so you're not so scared about this uh they actually aired that uh quarter of the, the first round of that um little tag tournament thing you're doing i think it was like right before eight, right before our raw actually looks like that was a one-off that's all i'll say no i hope no, it she's, was. she's gonna be in the tag tournament oh no what, what i'm saying um Actually, because I don't know if you would want me to talk about any of the results that came out of it. No, 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 no. And I'm, no, obviously, no, okay. I, I okay. have an idea, but I don't like to do that to the listeners. As far yeah. as I, 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 common sense would tell me this is not gonna. She, they're not gonna. She's not gonna go through the ladder or anything. But why? Why even have her? There should be standards in AEW. Look, Ring of Honor is not in a good place, mainly because of AEW. A lot of the reason that doesn't mean that there's no talent there, but they're in a way worse place. One of the things that I've always loved and respected about Ring of Honor is that they're not selling you a specific wrestler or a stable, at least until the Bullet Club got there. They were always selling you on the Ring of Honor style. They were selling, they were truly selling you on the product. The one thing that you can guarantee when you tuned in Ring of Honor was that even if you didn't know the people who were wrestling, they must have met a certain standard in the quality of their wrestling matches that they are here. So no matter yeah. who it was, there's an automatic quality in the match that you would expect from the people to the point where you never even questioned who came through the curtain which is how a lot of people like Michael Elgin and Tommaso Ciampa and Roderick Strong and many more have gotten their pushes because everyone in Ring of Honor who was a fan just had the attitude of the we have a certain quality wrestler that's the way that it used to be unfortunately AEW they don't they're, they're, they're bringing in people who are below standard Cameron is terrible. She's a shitty wrestler and she's even shittier at, at the performing things that she was trying to do, making her album and all. Like, that's just stereotypical bullshit there. You know what I mean? That's a tryhard. And I don't think she should be in W, in, in, in AWWW anywhere. You know, Eddie Kingston is another guy who they just signed him. They announced on, on Twitter that he is officially signed. Look, I'm I know people like, I know people like Eddie Kingston, but the guy needs to be in better shape, not because we're being shallow, but because there should be a fucking standard in AEW the way there was in Ring of Honor, where even though they have bigger guys, I don't know, maybe I'm just not a fan of him, you know, he, he tweeted out hashtag stray dog is off the chain, you know, which is essentially, I guess that's a good gimmick if you're going to look like that. Yeah, I mean, then again, yeah, you've never been a fan of Eddie Kingston, so. But I really haven't, I really haven't, I'm not going to act like I have. But, but, when, when I heard him get signed, my first thought was, I was like, okay, see so what you do is you just put him in a manager role. Because the guy could talk his ass off. Like, whenever, whenever I hear him cut promos, they might not be the best thing I've ever heard, but he gets me invested. So, like, you're gonna have yeah, to find wrestler, no. You're, you're going to have manager. to find him one because everyone I've heard, I haven't heard of Eddie Kingston promo that I've liked. We even played the most recent one he did last week, and it was bad, you know? And then again, my stance is pretty broad when it comes to promos at this point. <laughs> so, like, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely agree. There has to be some kind of like a line you have to be able to hit. And Ring of Honor always had that line, but AEW is just kind of like, hey, let's see what they can do. And MJF does is, a, does a, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say which like in the case of guys like the Warhorse and people like that, um, 
I like it in the sense of it gives these guys an opportunity to prove themselves, but it doesn't always work out. Yeah, but you know what? Warhorse is better than uh, Eddie Kingston. Yeah. At least he looks like a wrestler <laughs> who's taking his body seriously. Which props to Cody for still selling the tax on his back. Yeah. At one point, I think Warhorse is with a double foot stomp, and it looked like it hurt extra bad. And then even this guy Cage, man, you know, that's another guy. We're going to get into that first, but just MJF, he does a Trump-esque state of the wrestling federation address, I guess <laughs> you would call it, awesome. where he's calling out John Moxley, hashtag not my champion, which is officially making this for the next pay-per-view, the feud is going to be John Moxley versus MJF, which this one's kind of scary. It was because, uh, you know what I mean? There's a guy who could get a lot of heat if he beats Moxley and becomes their champion. And then the fact that Cody can't defend for it. And I mean, there's so much heat there that if there was ever a time where Moxley might lose it, it could be against MJR. But we'll, we'll see how it develops. Yeah. And obviously we'll have a poll that week and see where we are in the storyline before we, de- you know, determine it too soon. That's like their heel of all heels right now. Like, yeah. MJF is nuts. So the main event scene here, it was Brian Cage and who's that other guy? Ricky Martin? Start. They have some Ricky guy, right? Some fucking little skinny oh, Ricky Martin. He's that, he's, he's that one nephew that Tony doesn't tell us about. Listen, anyone who watches wrestling who was attentive to this must know that there is a problem. There's a red alert in the main event scene. Cage is shit, man. Cage is doo-doo. Dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the way this guy works, man. I'm going to see. Can I even bring this shit up? That's when you know we're in trouble, when I have to go into the archive. Do we have a way to bring up the, the fucking spots that I'm talking about? See, now I'm going to take time that, that we don't even freaking have in my oh, desperate God. attempt to make this shit. To convey how fucked this is. Where is he? See, now there's no way for me to find it because it's a, it's a spot in the middle of a match. Oh, did I find it? I might have already found it. See, let me see if this is it here. I hate this for the people that aren't uh Okay, look at this. I'm going to put this up on the screen, okay? Oh, God. Watch how he tries to catch Darby here. Oh, yes. I oh, I blocked this out. You ready for this? Watch how he tries to catch him. First of all, let's explain the problem. He tried to catch him, like, into a gorilla press. Darby's coming over the top rope. He's catching him in gorilla press. How, how fucking strong do you think you are? That you're going to catch somebody in gorilla press position. Both your hands extended out that way. Do you think that And, and not only that, you got to have some serious aim to catch somebody like that. Whoop. Dropped him. Look at this Whoop. fucking dude, man. A big guy like that. Let's go back a minute here. <laughs> they just call back him butter hands. Yeah, he does look like butter hands there, man. <laughs> now you the butter hands, butter hands. Like, he has no business, bro. This guy has no business. None whatsoever. With uh, with Darby Allen, you know, I don't know that goes too far, too far back. He works like shit. Uh, at one point he tried to German, um, I think Moxley or Allen, one of them, into the other dude. I guess the other dude was gonna catch him and backstabber him or something, but the German was way off point from where it was supposed to be. They totally missed. They need to get Moxley away from these people. I don't give a shit who they used to be or how much they were liked wherever they came from. This is a nightmare. That, that guy is a true fucking problem. Okay. He sucks. Okay. So he, he misses. The other guy misses too. Wait, here comes the spot again. Here we go. Whoop. Stupid asshole. Butterfingers. He drops him there. You know, um, they can't even do a garbage can spot correctly. There's a point where, and I want to see if I can find it, where Cage, uh, 
Cage essentially goes to the outside and throws a garbage can in the ring. And Ricky Martin misses catching the garbage can in the ring. And what makes it funny is he was within arm's reach where he could have handed him the garbage can, which makes you wonder, why did you throw it at him? Is it your fault for throwing it at somebody who could have reached it if you passed it to them? Or is it uh, is it his fault for not being able to catch? I can't tell you. are both so shitty that it's hard to determine who's the who's the shitty champion here. You know, like who's the champion of not being good here? Whoever it is, I don't know. But the next time I see you two. I don't give a fuck what's going on. I'm turning off the, sc- the, the TV or I'm changing the channel. I'll watch reruns of Sequest <laughs> with the dolphin that talks. Draw people on Sequest, you know, because this is ridiculous. You know, this is what I'm talking about, man. AEW starting to make the same mistake TNA used to make, man. Where it's like, look who we got, and after a while, it becomes who the fuck is that? <laughs> you know, look who we got. Who? 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 <laughs> You know, oh, this guy is green. He's way more green than I thought. When I said that, that Brian Cage was green, I was so wrong. I had no idea how green that dude was, man. Yo, Impact and Lucha Underground was able to hide that like a mug. Dude, look at how because... look at how shitty this looks. Look at this right here when he goes to give him the garbage can. Watch this. Watch how stupid Whoops. this looks. Hand it to him. No, whoop, 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 you assholes. You fucking, ah, boo. It's the shits. Everybody he lo- you know what it shit. is? They all, he they all looks just... like uh-huh. he he looks like when he saw how close Cage was, he expected it to be handed to him because he should have. Yeah, he he looked like he looked like when he was watching it go through the air. Like, why the fuck did he throw that? He should have he, expected it. He could have reached. <laughs> oh my Unbelievable, god! Unbelievable, man. Way to fuck up your main event scene. I guess Moxley's used to work with people who can't work their well because it brings him back yeah. to the CZW days. Oh god. That's all that was missing from this match was fluorescent lights and, and fucking cinder blocks. Maybe a maybe a needle here and there. I mean, yeah, AEW man, I'm starting to see the kinks in the armor or the chinks in the armor. I forget what the terminology is. It's supposed to be chinks. Oh, it sounds racist. It, 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 it was racist. Kinks. Yeah, well, you had it right the first time. It was kinks. No, it's chinks in the armor. You can go look. It it's up. Chinks? I, I researched oh, it. I yes, thought it was man. racist too until I realized it wasn't. Oh damn! Well, I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> <sighs> but of course, after this, uh. I, I I guess you could call it a match. There was more after this. I don't even remember. Oh no! Basically, um, because <laughs> be, be, uh, basically it ended with uh, Allen actually Darby Allen. He got him on the he, he um basically double stomped uh, Starks on the back with that skateboard with thumbtacks on it, and uh, getting the win with that. But um, Moxley and Darby have a stare down, and basically Tony Giovanni announced that next week. It's Darby Allen and John Moxley for the world championship. Yeah, and which for what? Darby Allen is not going to win. They're going to get interrupted by these dudes who hate them. Oh, I fucking hope not. It's becoming very formulaic. It's not exactly changing the world right now. Just saying, you know, I, I, you know, I'm. They're doing better than the competition. The competition's also doing very terribly right now. You know, I'm just saying. Like right now, I'm not enjoying too much wrestling. You, you've been holding on the fort because I, I barely can keep my eyes open watching a lot of this shit. Yeah. Know? Like, I'm not even having fun with this. NXT, if there's something you want to talk about, by all means, I don't know. All I have to say is I told you that Adam Cole shit was a work. They even went as far as showing it on there like if it was a storyline. I knew it. It was too stupid to be to be that he got angry. That made me so sad because I was like, I was literally just like, I literally told you, don't take me from 403 days champion to Pat fucking McAfee. And you turds did it. 
Keith Lee gets to say bullshit twice. I think that's what they're the most proud of. I think bullshit is becoming a word that they're excited. We can say bullshit. We're going to say it a few times now on all the shows. Bullshit. Hey, this is bullshit. Hey, look at that bullshit. Oh, there's more bullshit. More bullshit. Write it down. No, we're not allowed to use it. I, you know, I almost started to reach for the phone too, but no. <laughs> yeah, with this NXT, it was kind of yes, really nothing. I mean, the only thing that they really did was they basically all but confirmed that for some reason Karrion Cross is getting an NXT Championship match, and he's more qualified than Brian Cage, I guess. Barely, you know. They they're, they're starting to run that little thing into the ground though, where we just see this girl standing in light, not saying anything, with a confident look on her face. That doesn't see. It doesn't work when you do it literally 40 weeks in a row. The Fiend thing works because there were some times when the Fiend just wouldn't show up. Wasn't she a fucking hoopla hottie? I'm supposed to she take a hoopla hottie like seriously in this angle. Like if I, like I didn't watch, like I didn't know Ring of Honor existed. Remember that? Get ready for that hoopla. Are you ready for? And it was over the Matt Haven and the two of them would do that thing where they would like doggy style the girls on the way into the ring. She was a fucking hoopla hottie. And now she's like dramatically standing in golden what light. Oh my God. Oh. House of Truth when they had the hoopla hotties. Yo, Get the next time I see her hoopla. pop up, the first thing I'm gonna say is hoopla. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you killed the fucking mystique in the blink of an eye, you son of a bitch. It was what's his <laughs> name? What's that dude's name in Ring of with the hat? It was, oh, it was the House of Truth. Fuck. I don't remember that. <laughs> Damn, now I'm forgetting his name too. Oh shit! <laughs> fucking hoopla hottie over here. <laughs> Get ready for that hoopla. <laughs> I'll bring it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead, right? <laughs> Truth Martini says he's got a Truth Martini. Oh, was the guy. he was wearing a hat back then. I don't remember he used that. To have, he used to oh. look like fucking Willy Wonka. Back when they were baby faces, <laughs> him, and, him and Matt Taven, they come out dancing with the hoopla hotties. You know what it is? Because the only Truth Martini I ever remember is how is House of Truth, Jay Lee, the Truth Martini. Oh, I remember anything they, past that. So the House of Truth, the original one, I believe oh. was in the original one before before uh, Matt Haven. They had a whole bunch of people. They had a whole bunch of different people. I think at one point Champa was in it, wasn't he? Or was he in the embassy with uh with he, Elgin? He was in the embassy. He was in the embassy. So who the fuck was in the 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 thing? Because Jay Lethal used to fight against the uh the House of Truth. No, but yeah. you know what? Michael Elgin was in the House of Truth because I remember him and did him and Roderick Strong like at, at one point they fought and one of them hit the other one with the with the with the book of truth and shit there was I a think whole he angle did. with them yeah yeah they were in the house of truth at one point and i believe the embassy and the house of truth used to used to uh trade off talent between each other since they were two heel groups yeah oh my god but yeah they got going back to nxt the only other thing that really stood out to me besides barely dexter lewis is going to the ladder match now is um they had the uh tag team title yeah the the tag team champions imperium were in action i guess it was chase Parker and Matt Martell, of course they won because it was uh, going to be as Everized. But what happened, the big, the big thing coming out of it was at the end of the match, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish show up. Kyle's first time back in months. And they basically make um, make the statement known in the match has actually, I believe, been announced. We are going to get Imperium versus the Undisputed Era for the tag team titles. And they're really serious this time, man. They even want as far as to fuck up his haircut for this. Right. That's how you know it's a serious story. And they're like, here's Kyle O'Reilly. He's back and his hair is fucked up. He hasn't shaved since the pandemic. It's just like he went from he a lo- to... Fucking Kyle O's scruffy. Okay. This is going to be great. Oh, no. No, you fucking didn't. Yeah, I did. Oh, you suck. No. 
No. <laughs> Welcome back to Ring of Honor Wrestling. And here Here's that music. Hold on, wait, wait. Before we even enjoy this intro. The Punani. Hey, look at this. One of the hoopla hotties on Fusta Passies. There we go, the babyface house of truth. It was all about fun and bitches. What the fresh Ready for the hoopla. Hear the music. Oh my god. with hoopla and the new world television Ah, oh, they don't do the doggy style thing. They used to do a thing where when the girls were getting in the ring, they'd like each be behind one girl. So when they go in between the ropes, they'd do like the doggy style that they go through. And like the girls would kiss. Real trashy angle. Oh my god. Hoopla! It's a night of hoopla. Yeah, they had a pay-per-view called the night of hoopla. Ladies and gentlemen, the hoopla hotties! Yeah, she was a hoopla hottie. And I oh am the God. host of the show, the Punani Predator, Truth Martini, and welcome <laughs> to Hoopla Uncut. They that man a- said the Punani Predator. Hoopla Uncut. Hoopla. About life. Remember they were all, they all had a bunch of funny gimmicks, like Macho Man. Not Macho Man, I want to say Macho Man. Jay Lethal and Delirious had a match where they reenact the WrestleMania match completely word for word, spot for spot. Between Macho Man and freaking Warrior. Jay Lethal even comes on, does the whole ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Like he does the same promo and everything. Oh, God. Aren't breasts astonishing? And, uh, and Ember Moon is, uh, plays, uh, Miss Elizabeth. It's not my fault. Yeah, you gotta go watch it. Go look for a night of hoopla. It's an interesting pay per view. Ever since I wasn't. Look at that. He said, I was, um, I was used to sucking breasts ever since I was an input, an infant. Real sleazy angle. Anyway, and I remember at one point during the hoopla pay per view, like Davey Richards comes on, he's like, everyone's screwing around and joking, and this is Ring of Honor. This is a serious company where we've put our bodies in the line and blood, sweat, and tears. And then he starts, he breaks out into like a dance and shit, and he starts becoming goofy too. I'm not even joking. I was like, no way, they even got Davey Richards to do this. This is fucking crazy. Yo, I-, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see if I still have that pay per view, man. We can watch it off air. I know we can watch the whole thing on here. Yo, you, you, you laugh. I'm dead ass serious. You find that shit. We will make a time, goddammit. Oh my God. Because I need to experience this yeah, shit. It was called The Night of Hoopla. <laughs> just all parody, gimmicky, crazy shit with mainly Martini and Matt Taven hosting it. I always felt like Matt Taven joining uh, the House of Truth is what got him over. Nobody gave a shit about that guy until he was hanging out with the Hoopla Hotties. <laughs> oh, man. That was fun. Alright, well, anything you want to talk about with NXT? I don't really have much to say in regards to NXT besides the Adam Cole thing, Keith Lee saying bullshit. Anything you cared about in matches? I mean... I mean, truth be told, matches it was kind of just felt like business as usual. It was more than it was more the certain moments this NXT. Like any standout to you? Um. Well, I mean the the the, the triple threat match between Dexter Loomis, uh, it was Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher. I'm surprised that was a Loomis man. You know, I kind of am, but at the same time, I'm not because they seem to be really high on Loomis lately. 
Kudos to him for that spot where he jumps over the ropes and lands on his feet. What the fuck? I didn't know he could do that. What is that? And he's just standing there. That's scary. That was a legit. It was like, oh, man, don't mess with that guy. That fucking guy flipped over and landed Yo, like a ninja. And he, and he landed like he does that shit literally just a out of A perfect landing, man. He's good. He's really good. He I don't is. I don't really. I've never liked the gimmick even in, in TNA. It's just weird. And honestly, he was doing it around the same time where uh, Fandango, back when he was Johnny Curtis, was doing something very similar in the in the shitty NXT oh, that had God. Caitlyn and AJ. And he would show up in like a minivan and it was creepy. And he would he would uh, just be in the back gyrating and rubbing oil all over the front of his body, like wherever he was. Or milk. Yeah, like well, the milk was before. But yeah, wherever, wherever he was, <laughs> he would just be gyrating. Should I write rubbing. that down? The milk was before. Oh, my God. You never know. It might work. Probably. But yeah. I forgot that he was the milk guy too. Was he the milk guy? He he did like one yeah, bit where he, he said he was you're the right, you're right. I remember he was looking at the milk. screen. Yeah, oh man, that's right. Look at how they fucked that guy up. He's lucky he got to become Fandango, right? Right. God, oh, God. He was so, if he was so Johnny Curtis, he'd be screwed. Oh yeah, when he chloroformed people back then. That's right. That was oh, the thing. Backstage, he, would, <laughs> I like, the chloroform. he would take them away and shit. And the way he's his voice sounds, even though he it, he uses it as Fandango, like that voice sounded like the kind of dude that would fucking chloroform you. That oh. motherfucker sounds like not one vehicle in his garage has windows. They were. I think they were hiding from who was it? They were hiding from. Was it um Paul John Laurinaitis or somebody? It was. Some I think it was Laurinaitis. Authority figure backstage, and he was like, "Don't worry, I got this." And he just chloroformed them and put them in the closet. We were like, what? Like, wait a minute. Y'all saw that too, right? I don't know if it was, a, it was whoever the authority figure was on that show. I forget exactly who it was. There was some weird shit going on back then, man. You could go find those episodes. I'm not going to bring them up on here. Uh, anything else? Um, That was pretty much it for me. With that, like, the, the three-way was my highlight for NXT. Yeah, was- there was a match. Uh, what's her name? Io Shirai had a match against... Uh, yeah, it was EO Shirai and um Tegan Knox against Dakota Kai and who was he fighting? That big bitch he's with sometimes I don't even remember. Oh yeah, it's, this is this match was kind of weird. You know what it is because I'm so burnt out on the Dakota thing. Yeah, the Dakota thing has gotten really old. Because like I guess now she's challenging. Well, well, actually, it's going to be her and Rhea Ripley next week, and that's going to decide who uh, challenges for the um. The NXT Women's Championship, which I actually like the new like sleek blonde look with Rhea. with um Rhea. It, yeah, yeah, nice new hairstyle from her. I, it, I looks, it looks really good. It looks intimidating. Like it, I almost didn't recognize her when she came up on camera. It scared me for I was like, what the fuck is this? But now nah, she, she yeah, yeah, she looks good. And you had Shotzi Blackheart who was trying to, uh, you know, she she went for Vengeance Mercedes Martinez. Uh, that whole thing going out to Robert Stone, Brent Bland. You know what, man? I'm starting to agree with social media with the Shotzi Blackheart thing. A lot of people are saying put her in the ride squad. Yeah, throw her up there. Oh yeah, she would. Oh, she'd fit right in there. Just with put her that. in a fucking tank in the riot squad. She'll be in the middle of the two of them, and they will come on. She's like in the middle, riding the tank. I don't care. Whatever. You know, I, yeah, I, I think that's when the tank would work. Like that's that's why the tank bothers me so much. Is just her and the tank. But you throw some other people in there, and I feel like that works. It was Candace. Okay, thank you, thank you. Oh yeah, Candace Lorraine. Okay, just, Jesus Christ, that poor girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else was happening? Basically, Keith Lee was hot. He came out. He had that hot promo in regards to the Carrion Cross thing. Where, like we talked about, this chick standing in the the hoopla hottie in the golden light. <laughs> what you say, Keith? Lee? The first fucking thing I didn't get ready for the hoopla. Yeah, he. <laughs> hey, Keith Lee, get ready for the hoopla. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yo, I, oh, only in, only in WWE could you have the hoopla hottie standing in golden light. I'm so <laughs> dreading next week, Nicholas NXT, because I know that the second I see her, it's going to be the first fucking thing that pops in my head. It's that song, get ready. It's such an upbeat song, too, right? It sounds like people trying to get pussy. Sarko Hasu, what's up? Welcome to my birthday episode. Welcome to the birthday episode. We talk about the hoopla hotties. Ready for the hoopla? The hoopla is fucking here. Oh, God. But yeah, like, well, yeah, when he comes out, he pretty much looks at the camera and just says, name the time and the place. So, which, you know, and then. And I mean, it's basically going to be TakeOver 30. Because show, that's next up for them. It's a show off. Tell that boy to meet me at the designated time, at the designated place, and I'll gladly designate his ass. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> so, Sako has his birthday. It was Thursday. Oh, Team Leo, let's go. Happy birthday. Yeah. Look at that. Team birthday here, right? I'm telling you, man. Team Leo on deck. Shit ain't oh, no man, game. That's awesome. <laughs> Leo World Order. Let's go. <laughs> Oh my oh, god. How would I forget this? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm glad that I thought about it. Johnny Gargano and Roderick Strong have what I like to call a wrestling match. I remember those, man. Remember back when we used to have these? Dude, there, there used to be these companies that I used to watch that would do what Johnny Gargano and Roderick Strong did. Sometimes for three hours. I know it's hard to believe nowadays. Every but week. I shit you not. I used to have these companies Holy that I would shit. watch. Sometimes I'd have to pay like five or ten dollars for the pay-per-view on iPay-per-view and watch it over a stream. But you know what, man? There were these things that I watched that had wrestling like that for hours. And Johnny Gargano and Roderick reminded me. It was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. That's why I like you guys. <laughs> oh, shit. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. That, to me, is what's missing from wrestling right now. Johnny Gargano, oh, Roderick Strong. That's the Roderick Strong that they needed. Not the fucking Dexter Loomis storyline that they have where the poor guy is running for his life and everything. They needed those guys that battle the way that these dudes, these guys do. I kind of feel like even Gargano, as much as uh, Roderick, they're both getting caught in their gimmicks more than they are the wrestling. And it was refreshing to see what I am used to, you know? Yeah. Watching the guys just go crazy man so that was cool you know it shows that they can still do it and we had the Shotzi Blackheart with Mercedes Martinez match with Mercedes Martinez going over um what the hell's the name of the move um the the air raid crash yeah she hits her with yeah so that happens um you get Imperium versus Everrise with Imperium obviously going over there Swerve Scott against Jake Atlas with Swerve Scott going over I like the fact that they call that thing the house call that that little uh that's yeah, that, that, that shuffle, that vicious ass kick from the bottom. Yeah, like, really cool looking kick from him. I'm glad they're doing something with the guy. Yeah, I, um, I wanted to stay a little bit more consistent, though. Like, give me like a clear path to where he's going. Because it's like he'll win for a couple of weeks and then he'll lose for a couple of weeks. And then he'll get like a win here and a loss here. It's weird. Like, he's at this weird limbo right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it was cool, you know, NXT. Uh, that being said, it's time to talk about what everybody listens in for, and that's for the ratings, which AEW Dynamite did a two-hour average of 773,000 viewers in the point, point 30 in the 18 to 49 demographic versus NXT, who only did 707,000 viewers with a point 18 in rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. So to be clear, AEW beat them with the numerical one that counts everybody, 773,000 versus 707,000. And they also beat them in the coveted 18 to 49 that everybody loves with a point 30 against NXT's point 18. So no matter which one you choose or how you wish to look at the ratings, um, you know, 
AEW completely won in this one. And that's with a hundred thousand more viewers than they had last week. Yeah. So there you go, right there. I know people don't like to hear it, but at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not enjoying any wrestling completely right now, but I will say AEW is the better of all the evils. Right now, everything creatively seems to be in a stump. I don't know if you guys want to blame the pandemic or whatever. Um, I'm literally dragging through. Thank you to Destin for carrying because a lot of this time I'm I am I don't know if anyone can tell how burnt out I am on the current products. I try to make the reviews as enter- entertaining as possible, but this stuff has really been the shits. You know, yeah. and I'm that AEW is, is not innocent. Smackdown. Shorty Smackdown. G Shorty G heel turn. Oh snap. Now he's shorty mean. There you go. Look, send it in. Hashtag shorty mean. I mean if they have to use it. Yeah, they're gonna use it. Oh, they hate him they enough. Do. They definitely hate him enough to use yeah, it. You know, it is, it's shitty enough. They'll use it. Yeah. I they mean, hate, they change, I mean, they change the so name much. to Shorty G. So. They'll put him Shorty Mean and then they'll put purple, angry, smiley faces on him. He's going to make a mean face when he comes to the ring. He's going to do his interviews and then go, mm. So Corbin, what does Corbin have? Is the King's Bounty or some shit? Yeah. He basically, basically, in a sense, it's like the old uh, Triple H putting a bounty on Goldberg's head bit. Yeah. So this is what happens, guys. Hardcore, this is unprofessional. This is the second time in minutes that King Corbin's been blindsided. Well, what are you talking about? King Corbin's the man who has is, who is, uh, put this King Ransom on the head of Matt Riddle. Danny Superstar who will take Riddle out. Oh my God, from behind that Shorty G with a conversation earlier with King Corbin. And perhaps Shorty G is here to cash in on the King's Ransom. That might be the wisest decision Shorty G has ever made in his career. The man who claims he's been overlooked and overlooked from his entire tenure on SmackDown. Glancing back at Corbin. And it appears Shorty G is going to look to cash in. So now we got Shorty Mean. Yeah. Talk about fucking a guy up, right? That had like a promising career. Oh, man, I remember those days in America now where it used to be like, man, that guy with the long hair is awesome. And now I'm like, hmm, yeah. this guy in the basketball uniform is kind of sucking. What else happened? You had uh, Naomi had a match against Lacey Evans. They hashtag gave Naomi a chance to botch. And uh, and she took it because she she hit what a lot of people on social media thought was her trying to hit a Canadian destroyer. Um, well, whatever it was, it botched. She tweeted out, it's just a sliding blockbuster, not a Canadian destroyer, not something I tried to copy from someone else, just a move I thought of because I like doing blockbusters and wanted a different way to do it. But anyway, I'll improve it. And it was definitely trying to be a blockbuster. Um. I don't know, man. It's so weird when you have now you have wrestlers going on social media trying to explain the science of their <laughs> physics defying shit that they're doing, you know. It wasn't supposed to be this, it was supposed to be this. Yeah. Let me see. Can I find it? That's what we become notorious I on, on, on doing lately, right? Finding And on the fly at that. Yeah, no, literally. Yeah, that's where we go. That's where we elevate. Like like, like like keep in mind, build back the curtain. We never plan ahead of time to find some of these clips. It's just like, and then literally the moment you hear him say it, he's thought of it a half second before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing like none of these <laughs> videos are waiting. Like, sure, the ones that are part of the programs are sometimes cued, but a lot of these I'm just like clicking through trying to find exactly what the hell's going on. Yeah, I'm looking through their match now. Yeah, what a pain in the ass. They spend so much time. These girls spend so much time on the outside during their match. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that it's hard to tell. Uh, what it is that they're going for here. So here is Naomi attempting what was supposed to be um, a blockbuster, but it botched and looked like a botched Canadian destroyer. She goes here. 
slide whoop whoop whoopily do whoop, 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 whoop. sorry not gonna happen <sighs> she's always been a little bit botchy that's why i don't believe believe in that give her a chance she's had chances she's been a world champion yeah. and it was underwhelming and twice like mm-hmm. and like it's like i said last week there's a lot of other people out there who deserve chances they don't get a fucking hashtag like no nice. they really don't um what else was relevant before we get to the ending? Because I know the ending uh, has some relevance to it. I mean, freaking Sonya fucked Mandy up. Yes, Sonya went in there and destroyed oh. Mandy. She beat the hell out of her drool over her, cut out her hair, which according to my girlfriend was just her track, so she'll be okay. But then she tried to uh, bring out the actual freaking uh, thing. What the hell you call it that the barber the used? Clippers. There? Not the clippers. The, uh, is that the way you call the one you plug in? Yeah, yeah, no, clippers. I never really thought about that. What an underwhelming name for something that doesn't clip. It's like yeah. a shaver, more like. But yeah, and then when other people came, when the help came, she tried to attack them. When they were like, ah, 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 I'll get you. I'll cut everybody's hair. I'll cut everybody's fucking hair. She became like a uh, rabbit. She became like a rabbit barber, right? She's ready to take <laughs> everybody's hair. I guess this is going to this is going to be going into some sort of a SummerSlam hair match, right? That's what they love to have hair matches at SummerSlam, right? That's what you know, Jared got his hair cut by Xbox. And then that gimmick lasted him the rest of his life. He stopped being the happy, dancing Jeff Jarrett with the flashing outfits. And he became the nasty, angry, mean, short-haired, shitty Jeff Jarrett that just wears shorts and has no gimmick. You know, and it lasted the rest of his life. Think about it. He had such a gimmick. And and, and X-Pac shaved it off of him. (laughs) (laughs) And you ever think about that? Like, think about Jeff Jarrett before DX. He was this ridiculous character. He came out with these outrageous... Ain't that great? Okay. Big outfit. He would dance and have his country music and his whole fucking outfit glue in the dark and everything. Took, you know what I mean? And he was very haircut. happy. That's one of the things that, that I most associate with with pre hair haircut Jeff Jarrett. How happy he was, even as a yeah. She's right. He lost his smile as he, he, he was even when he was healed. That's what made you hate him as a heel. That he was smiling when he's fucking you over and he stays happy the whole. And he sings his songs and shit. An X Pac cut his hair. Think about how different he was. You never saw that dude without that full outfit, and now he's just wearing the little shorts. They just have like a stripe, which is like a he, little remainder of what used to be the happy yeah. Jeff Jarrett that you had. It, <laughs> it took one haircut for Jeff Jarrett to go from ain't I great to snap to slap nuts. It, it went from ain't I great and country songs to punching Moolah and May Young in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be with a guitar. You know, and he never turned back. You know what I mean? When you really look at it, the TNA, the, the slap nuts, Jeff Jarrett, who became the leader of the NWO. We're not going to talk about that. But towards the end, before they became, before the invasion, that last slap nuts, Jeff Jarrett, that became the leader of the NWO. That's really the same guy, that angry, short haired man. And then he went on to TNA and he married freaking, uh, Angle's wife. And it was the same angry guy. And to this day, he was that dude, you know, when he, exactly, when he was with Miss Kitty and Deborah, he had already transformed into that evil haircut guy. Haircuts change the world, man. That's going to fuck me up because I'm showing us what to get one tomorrow. Yep. Right, write it down. Write it down. <laughs> haircut haircut. changed the world. <laughs> a haircut will change. What was that dude that, uh, remember, remember the original storyline with Enzo Cass and Carmella, where Carmella was a hairstylist? And who was it that, that dude who they, they poured that shit on him and all his hair came off? Oh, fuck. I don't remember. And he was I never the same. And, and, and you know what? They were happy in French and shit. And then, like, his, his whole shit changed. He became an angry little French guy with a bald hat. He always looked like he was crazy after that. Haircuts fuck you up. You got nared into a whole new gimmick. Yeah. Bailey oh. cut her own hair. She was trying to create this. Uh, she pulled the Vegeta on Amic. Like, I'm going to do it to myself to get stronger. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm going to do it to myself to get stronger. <laughs> 
Oh, shit. Hair code will fuck you up. Oh, my God. <laughs> so just imagine whether it be uh, Mandy or, or Sonia. Somebody's going to get their hair cut at SummerSlam, I'm assuming. I don't know if they're going to really go with a storyline of now Mandy Rose coming out with shorter hair because of that attack. I can't see it. At least not unless they do, like like you said, the hair versus hair thing. Or for some reason, Mandy loses. Mandy Rose is so hot that she could rock that hair from, from that girl in the foamy to squirrel bits and she then people want to bang <laughs> No, you fucking didn't just phone me the squirrel this shit. <laughs> I, I fucking can't she believe it. need hair. Phone me the squirrel. You motherfucker. <laughs> you kidding me? Holy man? God. It could be like G.I. Jane. Oh. It could be like Ripley in that one shitty Aliens movie. Oh, God. Oh, the one where her eyes were always bloodshot for most of the movie. Yeah. I hated that movie so much. I hated the fact that they made decided, hey, you know what would be a great follow-up to all of these marines and guns and radars and corridors and xenomorphs? How about a bunch of prison monks with a, ball, with a bald Ripley chasing a dog alien and then she dies? Great fucking writing right there. Guys. And then she dies. Jesus. They're going to shave Sonya's hair. Oh, my God. And she's already mean. Can you imagine that? Oh, it'll, That's you know what, what it is. is. It'll work. Well, she'll she, be like another. She, she'll be like a Molly. Remember when Molly? That's I, I another person. Molly, say, is it going to be meaner than Molly? Remember when Molly's head got shaved? She was. She used to be happy. She was Mighty Molly. Dude, she had a fucking pink cape. I watched that WrestleMania you know the other I mean? day. Holy sidekick. It's Mighty Molly. And when she got her hair shaved, she was a nasty bitch for the rest of her life. Terrible. She got shaved a second time. and then Terribly nasty, angry bitch from that happy, good, lucky uh, Molly we had. Haircut will fuck you up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what makes me so funny. It's like going sideways for a second. When she got her hair shaved at WrestleMania 20, my favorite thing ever was that that first one for the GameCube came out, Day of Reckoning. They kept that Molly in. Awesome. She came out in the wig, and when the match started, the wig. <laughs> That's messed up, man. They really I, sold that shit. I, I, <laughs> I used to play that game, and I could not stop laughing. Whenever Molly showed up, I'm like, oh, there she is. That is awesome. Oh, God. That is too good. So uh, the final thing that was important about this SmackDown was the uh, the main event being uh, Nikki Cross having a match against Bailey, right, for the, uh, for the title. Was it for the title? Yep, it was uh, the championship. Yeah, which uh, she beats her with Jeff Jarrett's finisher. You see, she took his hair and his finisher. You see, <laughs> she took his fucking hair and then started hitting she Jeff Jarrett's finisher. She had a plan. Hair. Bailey did this on purpose. She she was like, okay, first of all, I'm going to cut my hair. Then I'm going to start using the stroke. That is great. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. And then afterwards, uh, Nikki Cross is emotional. She pushes uh, Alexa Bliss away in an angry rage because... Uh, you know, I guess she can't get over the loss. And then unusually enough, let me see if we I can bring it up here. This yeah, happens. No. Hold on. Yeah, don't worry. We'll bring it up on screen. Everybody okay. will know, even on the audio from the sound. Give me a second here. I'm only but human. Yeah, we got to see an old friend. Show up.
It's so obvious that he was going to attack her that I like the fact that they were teasing as if he was going to do something else, like he's showing her the yeah. body and all that. Like, you're going to get he, mandible clawed. Yeah, he was moving his hands as if he was going to do something different. And I, I like how Bliss was so out. petrified she couldn't move. She, she, she sold the fear for that quite well. Why do you think they're doing this? Why do you think they're having Alexa Bliss get attacked by the Fiend? I'm not sure, really. But then again, I kind of like it that way. Like, I can't tell what they're going to do. Like, I don't want to just default to the easy thing. Go, oh, she's Sister Abigail. Like, I want to feel like there's a deeper meaning behind it. But then again, I guess it would also kind of relay into the whole thing. We haven't seen Braun since Extreme Rules. Yeah, but is that how you make Sister Abigail? You just find somebody in Mandible Claw them? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would hope it'd be more complicated than that. Like, because truth be told, like, if I'm going to do the Sister Abigail thing, I don't want it to be somebody I know. When SummerSlam? Uh, it's right around the corner, actually. It's not too far away. Let me um find the exact date. Because, yeah, I guess what maybe we see, uh, if this is the game plan, we see her probably around the SummerSlam. It's, it's, it could be a couple okay, of things. It's August 23rd. So oh, yeah, George. How come I, I see I'm getting old, man. I didn't even really think about that to piss off Braun Strowman. That's true. But then again, it's like, right. I guess. I yeah. forgot all about, you know, it's such a it's such a poorly done angle that I even forgot they had a Braun Strowman thing going. That's right. He got thrown into the water or whatever. Is he back? Has he been back since? No. That's, that's dead, what I'm so saying. So maybe they're all going to come back different. They're going to be the Adam family. It's going to be him. It's going to be Alexa Bliss. It's going to be Braun. They're going to be a new Wyatt version. I don't know. I, yeah, don't know I what guess, the hell I guess it would be the Fiend's own Wyatt family. The Fiend family. So clearly, SummerSlam, uh, Nikki Cross is going to have some sort of a match, I'm assuming. And uh, maybe Bliss shows up all Sister abigail out at the top of the ramp, distracting her, costing her the SummerSlam match. Yeah, I can see it. Or they just do want to make new eyes. He's going to be the old Braun, and it's going to be Braun with the title with... Uh, Alexa, I don't know. I have no idea, man. They could do whatever. I think they just make this shit up as they go along. Yeah, we probably put more thought into that than they have. Yeah, I do like this new gimmick they've been doing lately, where they'll show the copyright on the bottom, and then the show doesn't end. It's like, nope, we're not actually ending. One more thing's gonna happen. They've done it a few. I times. like, it. yeah, because it makes you hang around at this point. Like you just sit there, like, okay, is it really over? Is it really? Are you sure it's over? Because it'll hang there for a minute too. It hangs there longer than it used to hang. It hung there long enough that I knew something was going to happen. Like, I didn't think, yeah. I was like, yep, so what's the real ending here? Kind of like tonight, Um, not to go too far ahead, but when it ended with these guys standing in that underground ring, I was wrong this time, though, but I was thinking, well, this is too stupid for it to go off on. So after the copyright disappears, I wonder who's actually going to come out and take care of these three dudes. And then it didn't. It just ended. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, shit. I was like, legit thought that I couldn't wait to see who was coming out. Right. I was wrong. I admit when I'm wrong, but I was thinking this is too stupid to end on. So I wonder. See, I was opposite. I was like, this is just dumb enough to end on. I was looking behind them and shit. I was literally, I was sitting in my house, and even though since it's a TV, the angle doesn't matter. I was like lifting my head up, like trying to see behind them and shit. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like who, who is it? Not them, right? <laughs> Yo, I do that shit during games. I look so fucking stupid. Like you it's know. just like. Since we're already getting there, man, let's uh, let's talk about Raw. And by the way, I know fans online, they started a... You, fans online went to change.org. You all know change.org. It is a place you go for petitions when you want to make changes in the world. And they put a petition. Justice for Alexa Bliss. This is the reason why I can't be a supervillain. Because half of you will be screwed. Listen, and I hate to have to say this three hours into a wrestling show, but this is a work. Do not go to change.org 
and sign the petition to get justice for Alexa Bliss, please. This is the reason why people look at wrestling fans the way that they do. Do you know how it looks right now to people who don't watch wrestling that you motherfuckers put a, the, a justice for Alexa Bliss petition on there? <laughs> You're making us look bad. <laughs> Sometimes I envy wrestling fans because can you imagine being so, so like almost like a little kid, like being an adult and you're so p- passionate about this shit that you, you take it for, you believe there's a demon that attacked her. You believe there's a fiend out there that a fucking fiend attacked this woman and you're passionate about getting justice for her. Like I almost wish that I could be that blissfully ignorant, no pun intended, you know, simply because of the fact that it would mean that I could believe in anything. If I could believe that shit, justice for bliss. You see, this is from the Naomi shit last week. Now, now anything, we're going to get justice for everybody. Oh my God. Justice for bliss at change.org. That's why we can't have nice things. Bray Wyatt tweeted, he said, who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. So testify. <laughs> what are you doing, Bray? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I just, I, I, it just hit me. It just fucking hit me. I know exactly what's going to happen. Really? Oh, God. SummerSlam. All right. We're going to get Nikki Cross and Bailey a third time. Nikki's going to hit the purge. It's going to be one. It's going to be two. And then next, you know, here comes Bliss dancing now. So are you ready for the hoopla? <laughs> Don't hoopla, Bliss. <laughs> Smackdown, 1.892 million viewers down from last week. Slightly low as always. Last week's Raw, since we can't talk about this week's yet, it was 1.628 million viewers, so it's actually even lower than SmackDown, which is on Friday nights in a dead-end spot. So that says a lot about it. The third hour had an all-time low of 1.463 million viewers. They are not doing well on Mondays. People are going the fuck to sleep. But thank God this week they brought it because Cruz won the U.S. title. Right? Yeah, which one's the, the U.S. title? One. So does he keep both or what is this? Um, well, basically what he did, what he said in a little post-match interview, um, he's basically going to keep the new one and he's going to hang the old one somewhere in his house. I think it's his kid's room. So they're basically confirming like, hey, the old one's gone. This is the new one. Okay. Well, the new one's nice. Yeah. Like I said, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the old WCW US title, mm-hmm. which has one of my favorite. That was my favorite belt from WCW. So yeah, it looks good though. looks really good. Yeah. At least they're doing something right. You know? I mean, who's yeah. got a title, even if it took all this strange. And you know what? How come people can't win titles anymore without weird shit happening? You know what I mean? Like everybody has to have a strange way of inheriting titles. We don't even win them anymore. We inherit them based on circumstances and fucking around. Like, like it's almost too much, you know? Like he should have just won it. And I get it. Like now they're going, this is the real match, but I'm really tired of having the real match all the time. I'm tired of having to have 20 fake matches and being like, this is the real one. This is what we've all been building to. Really? Or yeah, I don't know, man. I don't get it. I did enjoy Sasha Banks and Bailey's video package where they used the voice from the movie trailers. That shit about, killed me. Talk about their accomplishments. <laughs> those two, those two really do great in that gimmick, man. They are fucking gold. You know, those two. Every, really every, every week I see them, I'm excited because I'm like, oh, what we got this time? Yeah. Um, what else? And, what o- else and Oscar just like hacks the middle of it and just shows them and everybody's like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then Shayna Baszler, she interrupts and she hits Sasha with her right hand, setting up their match for later on that night. And then they do the uh, the Ruby Riot thing, which is weird because they're trying to give Ruby Riot the sympathy angle, even though she's the one that turned on her whole stable. And then they have the audacity to have her saying that the Iconics are the kind of people who have to pull people down to bring themselves up. And it's like, 
you were exactly you were the whole heel of this whole thing it's just weird how the the flipping of her was just done in like a weird way you know like i didn't really like it that much but they had like a storyline going on where she they wind up tagging the riot squad i mean i guess they're still going to be called the riot squad even though there's two of them yeah, pretty much because it's the closest we can get at this point to them. Yeah, which they get they they go over the uh the iconics, the iconics. you know, which I, the iconics don't seem to be able to get a push whatsoever here. So I mean, we we suffer through that mediocre tag team title run. So not that the Riot Squad doesn't deserve it with the workhorses that they've been in the past, but you know, Ruby, live an unexpected reunion to the Riot Squad tonight, taking home the victory. What was it like to be back in the ring together working? Honestly, um. It felt normal. It, it felt normal, but in the back of my mind, um, you know, it's not the same, but it felt good. It felt good. It just feels good to hear her say that. I know it's not going to be the same overnight. I know Give us more we've than got that. some work to do. I've got some trust to build. Uh, Cry. I want to see tears, <laughs> damn it. But uh, it's not the same. It's different, but... It's unlike anything anybody's going to see and is ready to see. It's different. Yeah, you know, once upon a time, the man's told me things were going to be different. And I mean, I'm still here. So, yeah. Don't you don't you lie to me. Tozawa and his ninjas won the, uh, the freaking title, right? Yeah. That was the other thing that happened. R-Truth was fighting against who was it? Was it uh, Shelton? It was, a, it was a three-way. It was Shelton, uh, Tozawa, and Truth. Yeah, and then Tozawa winds up escaping with the title and his freaking ninjas. So now Tozawa's the champ. Yeah. Ah, my baby's back! Oh! <laughs> okay, okay. Excuse me, Akira Tozawa! You once again are the 24-7 champion. What is this moment like for you? Is this an uh, emergency? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. You had uh, Dominic who got his uh, action against uh, freaking these dudes. Yeah, Rollins and Murphy. Mm-hmm. And he looked pretty good out there, you know. Kick Looks, move. Yeah. He's hiding a little something underneath the clothing. Maybe he's cut. Maybe he's ready. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. I, I, I do kind of like that because uh, the whole thing started with Seth uh, coming out and giving Tom Phillips shit. <laughs> and I love when Joe got in his face. Yeah, yeah. The teasing that Joe's gonna do. Joe has those Lawler moments now. Remember those Lawler moments where people go, Wow, even yeah. he's getting mad, you know, they're doing that now with him. He's a Lawler. You know what's kinda of funny though? Isn't it kinda of ironic that like it, let's say this is leading to Joe actually legit coming back? Isn't it kinda of funny how it literally starts the exact same way somebody fucking with him on the commentary table? No. That's all that's the only way they know how to get the commentary back into wrestling is by somebody fucking with them at the commentary table. That's literally mm-hmm. the only way you could do it. But yeah, yeah. We get Shane McMahon with the new shitty Raw Underground. This is one of the most poorly produced things I've seen in a long time. Look at this crap. First of all, oh my God, get those women off the fucking screen, please. Welcome everyone it, to Raw Underground. It makes Bellator look like crap. Well, there are very little rules. Lots of excitement. Carnage, this just chaos, doesn't look good. Frankly, lots of things that I personally would like to see. You know, like Raw Underground. Like, listen to well. the music and look at how this is set up. Our next like, what is this supposed to be? Pit Fighter? As an Where MMA fan, I, was, I felt so disrespected. Bring him in. Dabakato, come on in. Who? 
What? Salvacado. Yeah! <laughs> he, he sounds like a street fighter. Look at that. This is so fucking terrible. Seven feet tall. Real on the ground, more like Lucha on the ground. Oh, don't you disrespect them like this. They look better than me. Yeah, they are trying too hard. That's why it looks like they're trying too hard, because they are. I know, man. You're out of your own. Why Shane? This is what the Greenback Shane fought. Oh, my God. You know what made this look really bad? Bobby Lashley. When Bobby Lashley is the biggest MMA star in the room, you know it's shit. He's done, he's done, he's done, he's done. Yeah, that's good, that's good, that's good. Whoa, whoa, Not whoa, just that. Like, no Bobby technique. Lashley has some of the shittiest working punches that I've ever seen. Does it show on here when Bobby Lashley comes out? No, it, it doesn't. I, I, it's too busy showing the dancing bitches. But you know what? There was a point where Bobby Lashley comes out and he starts throwing these horrible, horrible working punches, man. And it ruined and destroyed what was already a terrible terrible segment you know and it goes off the air with what do they call the hurt business yeah the hurt because business. they gave up on making it the nation i heard i heard creative change their minds about that thank god so they call this thing the hurt business and they come out at the end and bobby lashley with his shitty working punches is uh and and the other two dudes are dominating this thing and it's just i i don't know where they were planning on going with this or why they were planning on going with this but they were planning on going with this and they did and I mean, Ziggler wanted to fight down there, too. Ziggler. <laughs> like, what? Let me see if I could get to when Lashley's in the ring so you could see his shitty offense. When does oh, he come out? God. I don't even know. I was half paying attention when this nonsense was on. I I, have, I unfortunately was fully. Yeah, were you now? Is this it? Is this him coming out? Oh, that's Shelton. Was Lashley the first one in there? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lashley was the first. Dude, okay, all right, right there, right there. Really, in an underground fucking thing like this, take a good look at his punch right here. Watch the punch. Hey, keep in mind. Look at this. That is ugly. That is dark order ugly. And keep in mind, people. The one thing they keep going back to whenever they want to put Lashley over is that he's undefeated in Bellator. He up here. He used to do this shit for real. This is poorly done, man. That's giving it too much of a compliment. It almost feels like they watched some of what Jake Roberts was doing with what's his face and they tried to mimic it a little bit. But they it didn't even have like, like a good. A, you good? It, that, look at that judo. Oh my god. It looks like they watched Here Comes the Boom and thought, yeah, I can. Yep, the Beatdown Clan 2.0. Give it a here. They're hurt crew. Always has to do something with hurting, right? Who's next? Who wants to see? What okay, you say? We don't need. I'm Show not next. I'm not next. No, no, no. We don't need to go any further. So that happened. Um, and they went off like that. I did like Drew McIntyre asking Randy Orton how many times did he do fathers what the Undertaker did for him and reach down and pull talent up to his level. Um, and you know, and Randy does like the zero thing with his hand. But it's funny because saying he doesn't see Randy as a locker room leader that the boys can rely on and he sees him as a selfish pick, prick, which is kind of ironic because nowadays all we hear is the opposite about Orton. Like we were hearing, especially recently, he's really stepped up as a locker room leader. But you know, they're yeah. running, they're, they're, they're doing the whole gimmick there. Um, Naya beats up some WWE official and she has on so much makeup that when she does her headbutt spot on him where she actually hits his shoulder, his shoulder becomes as dark as her face. Um, what else? What else? 
Oh, she apparently was indefinitely suspended without pay. Oh, yeah, again, right? Because she didn't apologize. If she would have apologized, she would have been okay there, right? Yeah. There were some people who set fire to a generator on Raw. Was that the way of them them uh, covering up the fact that the power kept going out and the mics kept cutting out because of the Florida storms? They decided to just create some group that set the fucking generator on fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for the record of the people earlier in the chat room, this was not teasing a new fucking table. It's too stupid. <laughs> but apparently... Because the news had broken earlier that there was going to be a news stable reveal on Raw. It wasn't supposed to happen this week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So, I mean, we could stop talking about Raw now, right? There's not much, anything yeah. else, really. That, did I leave anything out of this? As far as stuff that needs to be mentioned, you had the Raw Underground. You had, Oh, yeah, you had Montez Ford passing out during his match. And Twice. apparently it's implied that he was poisoned by Zelina. And then uh, Bianca Belair backstage attacked Zelina, implying that she's the one who did it. Um, I don't know. Not really much to take out of this Raw. R- Rollins goes after Faith Fuck Phillips, and then, like you said, Joel rescues him. Um, if there's one thing I could take out of this Raw is that MVP, uh, Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley are the best looking black people in white suits since Boys to Men, if that's what they were going for. <laughs> you know, good for them. Good for them. I feel like they should fucking go sing at Cousin Nikki's baptism or whatever. Oh, I can't believe you just went there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe I just went there. Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking show drives me out of my mind. Oh, That's what it is. I see it in my head, but I see them all. <laughs> God. And the only thing I can see is just like Lashley never takes the mic or nobody ever hands it to him. Like, oh. Oh, my God. I can't unsee that now. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, there's only really like a couple of other things I do have to talk about before we wrap up. I know we usually wrap up on Raw, but just a couple of other really important things that are happening. Uh, one of them being New Japan Pro Wrestling revealing a new title. It's apparently going to be the King of Pro Wrestling 2020. Um, and it's eight wrestlers who are going to be in a tournament with four singles matches. Night one taking place on August 26th. So, like I said, it's a special title or whatever. AEW announcer Excalibur apparently some old footage came up of him using the n-word there were two videos one of them where he's using the n-word word with an a at the end where he's trying to act like he's a homie sort of he's not using it at anybody he's just like yeah yeah you know like just dropping it that way which I don't really think is terrible but it's avoidable the other one he's playing a heel I believe it was with Kevin Steen was there Generico was there and some other black wrestler that I don't recognize was there and he basically implies that why does he have to wrestle something like that? I'm paraphrasing. Why do he have to wrestle this? And he calls the guy that with a hard R. Um, I have the clips of both. I will not be playing it on here just because I don't approve of that level of language. You can go look them up yourself if you're inclined to. That being said, as far as my opinion of the entire thing goes with Excalibur, nobody knows what's going on with him. There's speculation that he asked AEW to remove him from television, uh, because Taz is there now. There's speculation that, uh, he saw it coming you know he supposedly there's rumors that he's going to be gone for 30 days no one knows exactly what happened i've never really been a fan of his commentary i kind of feel like they should put somebody else there anyway everyone else there's fine tony shivani's fine jim ross is fine taz is fine we don't need excalibur i know some people like him i don't i don't really care for the guy um that being said as far as the 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 thing goes i am sick of people bringing up this shit from years ago it was a storyline in wrestling when he used the hard r and he was playing a heel that being said even back then it's just tasteless you know what i mean like you should be able to get heat without having to do that like really that's your gimmick that you're going to use a hard r on a black guy as a fucking character you know and 
it's definitely something that was out there that people knew of. So this just kind of sounds like it was them trying to make trouble. But at the same time, that was stupid. Like as a career move, you should not have been in an angle where you were comfortable enough to call somebody that character or otherwise in the or otherwise there should be a fucking limit there and that's really the cheapest heat i've ever heard of where there's a black guy in the ring and you have to call him that shit with the hard r so although i don't like people drudging up the past like i've always said on here you got to take things on a case-by-case basis that's stupid you know what i mean that's fucking stupid there was never yeah. a time where something like that would have been okay and do I think people should dredge it up now that the guy's doing okay for himself? No, but that's some, something. What are you going to do? That's something that's dredgeable. You know what I mean? And like I said, I can't, I can't condone it. I don't think he should be, uh, freaking punished for something that far down, but it doesn't look good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it really doesn't look good. So I just wanted to throw that out there. You know, there's certain stories I don't want to overlap into next week. We'll get more updates or details if there's anything else that comes. Uh, the other big story that has come out is The Rock purchasing the XFL. Yeah, he basically saved it. Yeah, he saved I believe, it. I believe, what was it, $15 million he put into it? Yes, he bought it for $15 million. It was, a, it was a group that bought it. It was The Rock with Jerry Cardinale's Redbird Capital is the name of the group that bought it. And uh, okay. yeah, they, they, I guess this is some sort of like an investment. Uh, the Rock's ex-wife, Danny Garcia, is also a stakeholder in it. And Red Capital uh, had ties with the NFL, so they're, they're familiar with buying sports stuff. Um, so this is an interesting turn of events. At least it's saved. It must be killing Vince, though, that he's not really involved in it, you know. But then again, I don't really think Vince has the physical stamina to be involved in this shit right now. He's not a Superman. No, you know? not at all. You know, and then The Rock commented on buying the XFL, and then he said, uh, Dwayne Johnson owner is all he really wrote, and he released his picture of the football. With my trailblazing partner, Danny Garcia Cohen, Redbird Capital, we have acquired the XFL. With gratitude and passion, I've built a career with my own two hands and will apply those calluses to our XFL 2020 brand. Excited to create something special for the fans. So the, the XFL, man, this is becoming amazing. I can't believe now we have the XFL alive again. Uh, and it's now thanks to The Rock. Apparently, according to PW Insider, they, this is going to be official. Let's see if we have a date here when this, because there's paperwork and stuff that has to go through. August 7th. August 7th, it'll officially be. Uh, the $8.5 million. Yeah, $8.5 million is going to be financed towards any payments that are needed to, for any of the previous financial d- defaults from the old owners. So they're going to be trying to clean up the mess there. So. We're going to be seeing the XFL again. The other thing, minor news, but the, well, really not minor news, but big news. The Bella Twins, uh, gave birth one day apart to boys. Yeah. Brie, Brie had one, one day and then, uh, Nikki was the next. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. They tweeted out, Nikki tweeted, and how about that tag team? I can't believe Brie and I had our boys less than 24 hours apart. Honestly, only us, lol. And that I beat her. As you can imagine, everyone said it was my baby and mine's competitive side that kicked in. I can't wait for our Bella boys to grow up together. So they have their twins. Um, congratulations. That's cool. You know, hell yeah. Best of luck to them both. I mean, Bree, this is, this isn't anything new to her, but for Nikki, I mean, hey, good luck with you first. Yeah. Uh, they signed their first evolve talent, right? Or one of their first evolve talents officially assigned to WWE. Do you know who that is? I've heard that I've heard that the one did get signed, but I didn't hear the name. Leon Ruff. Oh, yeah, he's here. He's arrived. Uh, 
I got excited. I thought it was somebody else. I was like, oh, that? Who, who's this? Oh, they actually no, signed uh, someone called Retro Anthony Green also. Or at least where they're supposed to be signing him next. I have no idea who that is. Uh, we're also hearing rumors of Kurt Stallion. So there's a few people that are coming from the Evolve side that are going to be signed. Nice. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. And I think that's pretty much about it. There's other stuff, but you know what I mean? We can't cover everything. Or we'll get trolled about it. But like, that show is too long. Yeah, it'll be all right. You know, but it's not even about that because I don't give a shit. I run it six, seven hours. I run the operations around here. It's more that I have other stuff that I want to do. I have other things. Believe it or not, people think I just live and die for, but no, we have other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I also keep in mind when I do this show, I keep in mind that there are people who catch the end of the show at the beginning of the previous week. And since my late ass never makes it at eleven thirty exactly, it's nice to have some content. So when you guys go into the chat room, there's a you know you catch it. If whoever falls asleep listening, they catch the end the following week. So. It's not a total waste of time. We understand our community and what they want. If they ask for shorter shows, they get shorter shows. And either way, now you're getting shorter shows because I don't want to be that long anymore. (laughs) Right. But that being said, I'm very happy that we did this. And thank you to every single one of you that has hung out with us. Um, I hope, Destin, that you enjoyed this birthday episode. Oh, hell yeah. It was a long time coming. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's been very cool. Thank you to everyone on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, everyone on Twitch.tv, which is our new home base. And also even across Facebook, uh, where we're broadcasting live, Periscope, Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TalkBrunch.com, you name it, we're there. Thank you to the live listeners as well that have been here for the entire night. Let me pull your names up real quick. We had Charles F8722. Uh, you had A1 Bear. You had Bloodluster. You have Iviotic. Uh, who else did we have in here? I'm just doing this by ear here as I scroll through. You had Saku Hasu, Weekly Planet 516, A.K. Ashley, King Quest 770, uh, uh Mark in Detroit, uh, King Quest, George Z, Sayaman Senpai, thank you for the host. Uh, Louis TV, also thank you for the host. Toy Moy, Aten, Sugar Shane, Kula Ice, Willie B2, EB Gamer, Stasis Dreams, and Spartan Jesus. If I missed you, I'm sorry. There's a lot of you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 398, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and Mr. Dustin Frazier, happy birthday again. We're out of here. And on that note, get ready for the hoopie. Shut it down.